0: Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be an episode about why the armor mods need an update. And we are pushing this out on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, all the different platforms. And if you're listening there, you can support this podcast directly by going to SNTRPresents.com. SNTRPresents.com will bring you to my Patreon. We got multiple levels that you can subscribe and VIPs get Early access, and they also get to be part of the call-in videos that we're starting to do where you can call in like a radio show and talk to me. So take advantage of that at SNTRPresents.com if you'd like to support me directly. So the reason I want to talk about this is the more that I've interacted with the Armor 2.0 system and the mod system and the more that Bungie has tried to wrangle this, this... unwieldy system to the ground the more problems that i sort of see emerging long term and i want to walk through that so i want to open just by talking about armor 2.0 as a concept you know how it landed how it's been going but then i want to talk about how there's too much about it that is uh, too costly there's too many things in the system itself that are too costly that make it I don't think, a very streamlined or enjoyable process. And then I want to end by talking about a better way. I believe we've come up with some pretty good solutions in the Q&A sessions and discussions that we've had with the community on a better way to give us customization with limitation is the big thing I want to talk about. We need that ability to build craft and have that customization and that personalization, but you need that with limitations in place. So, Armor 2.0. This has actually been, I think, one of the best things they've put in the game as of late as far as an update. Uh, It was a great start for both customization and builds, and they continue to iterate on it. Eventually, we're going to have a transmog system so you can look like pretty much any way you want, which I think will be a big upgrade to the game's customization of your appearance. But also... I think it's very, very helpful with respect to builds. Because if you think historically in Destiny 1 and 2, we actually have more control right now than we have ever had in the game. We have more control over our our appearance, our perks, our stats than we've ever had. Armor 2.0 to me was a great, great start to get a bunch of, a bunch of batters on base, right? It's not exactly a grand slam just yet. We've got to get some things fine-tuned, but overall... I think we've got a great, great starting point. And this is one of the reasons why I wanted to make this video. I continue to look at existing systems or good systems and want to see them refined rather than people are like, well, get rid of this or get rid of that. Get rid of elemental affinity or get rid of the system altogether. Uh, let us put whatever we want on our on our armor. As I said on the outset, you need customization, you know, and personalization with limitation. We need those things uh, in place, I will say though, within the Armor 2.0 system, the quantity of mods and the amount of armor that we need to kind of keep around, depending on if you ever want to go back into old content, whether it's Garden of Salvation or something like that, it's starting to feel very bloated. There is so much stuff in there. There's so many mods. There's so many different things you can do. It's it doesn't necessarily feel like a really refined. Um, system. And this is one of the problems I think that Destiny's going to face going forward is that when they try to create depth, the game isn't necessarily built for that. There really isn't even a ton of content where you need that level of depth. And it's starting to kind of, I think, get a little bloated and it might collapse on itself if they don't wrangle some of this in or maybe limit it or shrink some of it down. So let's talk about how it's also just too costly. Uh, swapping mods and changing builds is just way too tedious and costly, Uh, you know, and I'm not saying like too costly, like, oh my gosh it's costing so much glimmer, it's just by the time you're done doing it, it really just feels like, what am I doing right now? I'm spending all this time and, you know glimmer to just swap this change that, level this up, invest this currency here, and a lot of the times it doesn't feel like it's worth the effort. If I'm going to disrupt my entire build, there needs to be significant reasons for that. Some of the, you know, I'll give you an example of a charge with light mod that just doesn't even seem to make any sense. I believe it was when you're charged with light, you can... You know get a kill in a certain way and create an orb of light for your team well that just is not worth disrupting my build spending any kind of currency messing with my stats or any of that just to get that very very minor benefit I do think some really great builds have come out of this system both with charge with light as well as creating the war Mine cells unfortunately war Mine cell builds were at their best when you could run I think it was Tyrant Surge or whatever it was called, where you just create them very, very easily with an arc build. So, I'm not going to deny really good builds haven't come out of this, but it feels so bloated and there's so many things in there that don't feel worth, worth using or, you know, worth going through all the trouble of even experimenting. And one of the reasons for that is our stats. A lot of the times I'm looking at my stats and the build that I have and I like how everything is but if I want to try something out I end up having to disrupt all of that. Either I have to switch to a different armor affinity or I have to take off mods that I'm enjoying which I do think there needs to be some give and take. I think the pain of those decisions are good and can be helpful so that it's more meaningful when you come up with a really good build. But I do think a lot of the times I feel it's too disruptive and costly. There's another element of cost here that needs to be talked about. Sunsetting is lingering as a threat over all of your investment in a particular piece of gear. Masterworking something up is extremely expensive after it's all said and done. I'm destiny rich, and even I sometimes am like, I want to kind of mess around with this build. It seems like it might be fun. I got to grab this... You know this void pair of gauntlets or whatever i gotta level it all the way up and then i might not even find it being that great i'll give an example of one time that i did this very recently we had heard rumors that rockets had been given a ghost buff like they had buffed them and not told us so i go through find all this armor level it all up and come up with this rocket build and it cost a lot of currency to masterwork stuff up high enough to experiment and then it wasn't even a good build. The rocket build couldn't keep up with DPS in the dungeon with other uh, better DPS-focused builds. And so it really felt like a giant waste of currency for me to do that. So I think Bungie needs to reevaluate how much you're going to ca- ask the player to do just to experiment with new builds or try out something they haven't tried out before. I think that needs to be evaluated. How much is it going to cost to level this gear all the way up? how am i going to recoup some of that cost when stuff starts to get sunset and i start wanting to go after new armor i do think you know the seasonal seasonal slot having that year of flexibility is better than what we're currently doing which is one season behind and one season in front i do think that you know, the, the the current system is getting moved in a better direction, but Bungie has to consider cost of masterworking in light of not just sunsetting, but how often are you gonna be adding mods and things that I might want to experiment with? And if it feels like it's too much trouble, people aren't going to do it. That happened in Season of Dawn. You're leveling up the obelisks, you're getting these new mods, and you're like, I don't have any armor to slot this stuff in, and even if I did, I'd have to level it all the way up to even start experimenting because it just feels like it's too much cost. So, I want to talk about a better way forward, okay? At the end of the video here, what's a better way forward so that there is more experimentation and a little bit more freedom to try things out? First and foremost, I think stat mods, any mods that affect mobility, discipline, you know, recovery, resilience, all of those, I don't think those should cost anything. I think that first slot should just be a freebie. Like, hey, you know, you got a great stat lean here, but you want a little bit more recovery, and you slap on recovery, no worries, boom. It's a freebie. It doesn't cost anything. Why do I want that? One of the main reasons that people really are, think I think, are avoiding some of these new builds and some of these experimentation pathways is because they're like, as soon as I get my stats exactly where I want them, any new builds or mods that you throw into the game for quote-unquote build crafting are a potential threat to the build and the stats that I've come up with. Once I got my hunter where I wanted him with like really great re- you know regen on my mobility so I could constantly be dodging with worm husk every time people said oh there's this mod or that mod or this build or that build I was like I don't want to do any of that it's going to disrupt everything if I could leave my stats alone my, that's that's I think separate from perks and abilities if you think about it like that like you've got perks and you've got abilities that you can you, you can utilize with mods and seasonal mods that to me is separate from my stats and my, my regen rate of my grenades or my regen rate of my abilities or my super i feel like those things are separate and if you separated them and making those those mods free then choosing between perks and you know getting scavenger perks or ammo finder or loaders or whatever choosing between those and some of these seasonal mods would feel like a more sensible and logical pain point i'm now choosing between a one build versus another build not just one build versus another build and this build completely destroys my my stats it completely destroys this really nice build i had i had a tier 9 a tier 8 and a tier 10 i had everything right where i wanted it it completely just de- just destroys that i think choosing between those that is the true build pain that i think would make way more sense to players and if cost of masterworking and and cost of swapping mods and stuff was lowered and made less painful, more people would experiment and try out different things, and it would be a much better system. So the armor mod system is currently a great starting place, but it really needs an update with respect to a handful of things I outlined. So we're going to transition to Q&A and then do a call-in session after that. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can support me directly at sntrpresents.com. Join the conversation, join the calls, get in here, use the Patreon to do that. As always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that comes with my Armor Mods Need an Update video. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can support me directly by going to SNTRPresents.com. That'll take you to my Patreon. There's multiple levels there. If you want to submit questions, be a VIP and get early access, or do call-ins, we've got the new call-in episodes now that we're doing, join the Patreon by going to SNTRPresents.com. and we may be streaming soon looking like it might end up being on youtube and we'll have tiers there as well if you want to support either way we'll have that set up for you so the first question is going to come in from matt ben h says powerful friends is such an op mod do you think we will get more attribute adding mods this powerful again traction is another useful attribute adding mod just not as powerful I think this touches down on what I suggested at the end of the video and how I feel like the stat mods shouldn't cost anything so that if I want to experiment I don't have to disrupt my my build because your stat build I believe is different than like your perk and your ability like build like if you want to have like a charge with light ability or a certain perk or a certain scavenger I feel like those are separate from your stats and that's why I argue that the stat mods should cost nothing. Along the lines of that, I would say what you're outlining is potentially, then, I think, dangerous because it enables people to sort of stack on top of an existing build. If there's a more clear distinction and line drawn between your stats and the free mods that you can, you know, because I'm suggesting they would be free, if there's a more clear distinction between those, then the mods you could put on your armor would not do anything to stats they'd have to retire that notion. You'd have to take it off attraction, and then you'd have to take it off of things like powerful friends. You'd have to remove it. And then it would be you deciding between a scavenger or, you know, an ability or, or one of the new season mods. You'd be choosing between that. Because the way I look at it, you've got perks on guns, and then you'd have your stats that... Re- that touchdown on your your grenade your super your you know your resilience your class ability right that's what your stats touch down on and then the perks and then the perks and the mods on the armor are separate it's almost like again you're they called it build crafting you're building a loadout you're you're coming up with an actual build and the example you could use is, you know, the people that were doing the charge with light build where you were constantly getting ammunition for shotgun kills. You know, it's like almost like a close quarters combat build. And then there would be other ones like when I was running a machine gun and I made sure I had plenty of scavenger and, and reserve mods and things like that. I'm, I'm, I'm tilting everything in one direction, but I'm ignoring other potential viable builds or new builds when I do that. And that's, I think, when you get into a place where people would be more willing to experiment. If if you start to muddy these waters and you start to have mods that give you more mobility or more resilience in addition to the existing ones that are already there, I think that starts to, to, to bleed one side into another in a way that I don't think is good uh, for build crafting. I think it makes more sense to say do you want to have a charge with light or a warm mine cell or a, or a machine gun ammo or a sword ammo build and those are separate from your stats. Your stats are more about your class abilities super grenade melee and then your build is something separate. This I think would go hand in hand with some of my ideas about how to make Grandmaster Nightfalls more interesting. I've continued to say that if there would have been like warmind cell modifiers for Grandmaster Nightfall, it would have been nice to feel that reward for coming up with like a really really good warmind cell build. Every season, there could be seasonal Grandmaster Nightfall mods that are modifiers, I mean, so that Grandmaster Nightfall is pushing you toward coming up with like a really strong seasonal build just for the sake of a thought experiment, if in September there was a seasonal mod build that allowed you to create, you know, SIVA bombs or Scorch Cannons or something like that, like you could literally spawn them or make them in some way, well, that'd be really nice, but it would be especially nice if those builds became top tier and pinnacle and the most efficient for a Grandmaster Nightfall because of modifiers, bringing those positive modifiers. Now you're in an area where, again, I'm not messing with my stats, I'm not messing with my overarching build, I am coming up with a build that goes on top of that. It, this is similar to when I talk about guns, and I'm like, reload and, and damage and all, that, all, those, you know, the, all those thresholds on guns should be homogenized, and then perks land on top. So you're asking, what does the gun do? I basically argue that perks should go more down the road on guns of like almost like the gun is the gun but then on top it does something else more like spell casting more like space magic so that hand cannon reload and damage and all that is more is more um more unified and the perks come on top of it in a similar vein I like separating my class ability and super and and my grenade region Regen. I like separating that from my actual build because I don't feel that they're particularly connected. If you're trying to run, you know, Actium War Rig and the Xenophage and you have all these mods for machine gun ammo, that shouldn't be hurting my stats and my build. My grenade super, you know, my resilience and my recovery should be separate from that. And I, I I just, I like that. I think that's a cleaner split between the two. I think it's a cleaner split on guns if hand cannon reload on 140s and 150s and 110s and all that were very similar and that you were more questioning well what does the gun do what does it change to combat not just oh this one reloads faster and you know and and does more damage because it's got a damage perk like let's move away from reload and damage perks and let's move away from a build crafting system that makes it really tough for you to make changes without completely disrupting your build darksider says isn't that more like Bungie controlling what to do in the end game like you have to do this no that's actually a really good question i think there's a significant difference between a curated loadout for a raid layer and Bungie using modifiers to incentivize a certain build i've said similar things about champion mods right like if you wanted to run champion mods the one season you had to run a certain handful of guns and I've always said I should be able to use the champion mods on any gun I want and then week to week you can incentivize and motivate me to say oh if you run this gun this week it's stronger I don't have to uh, it, it's a it's a it's an option it's an incentive so you wouldn't have to go in if they would have done war mine cell modifiers for Grandmaster Nightfall and some of the war mine cell builds would have been really really strong that's an option you do not have to it's not a requirement it's an incentive it's an optional you know boost of extra power that you can capitalize on if you want As opposed to like a curated loadout or as opposed to being told for an entire season, these are the only primaries that can run champion mods. That's kind of a bummer. It's like, well, if I want to run content with champions, I have to run a scout, a pulse or a bow or whatever the one season of dawn was kind of rough because everybody got really, really spoiled by the, you know, the SMG season. And then suddenly SMGs weren't in there. And people didn't like that. And it it was common to run Sundial and have people in there with literally no champion mods because I think people found it to be too painful or or frustrating. Would have then created a scenario where the positive modifiers are too strong so it's mandatory to use uh, if they are weak, no one will bother. Well, I, I mean, that's good pushback. That's good pushback. But again, I think that that's okay. Think about how that works in the Garden of Salvation raid. You don't need to run Enhanced Relay Defender, but boy oh boy, when you run it, you notice a difference. You don't have to run superior Nightmare mods when you do the Nightmare Hunts, but man, when you run them, you can feel the difference. So, it I think it's okay to have areas of the game that are like that. Like, man, you're really gonna wanna run a Warmind Cell build in here. These positive modifiers really, really, you know, kick things into high gear. I think that creates variety think of it this way, when you run Wrath of the Machine as a raid, you're doing things in there that you don't do anywhere else. You're using Scorch Cannons and SIVA Bombs, and that's one of the reasons it's memorable. You're doing basic combat everywhere else in the game, but when you go into Wrath of the Machine, you're given, you're given certain jobs and certain roles and certain mechanics, and you know almost even like relics, to achieve a certain job. So, to me, it's okay for a season... To be like, if you're going to efficiently run Grandmaster Nightfalls, you're going to want to have Warmind cell builds. And the reason that I'm okay with that is because... Then the next season you shake it up and change it. So it's less likely for the content to become mundane and boring and repetitious because every season there's a new chance for experimentation, there's a new chance for different strategies and builds to emerge, so you don't feel like nightfalls are always basically the same. You know, run run the strongest stuff, play you know, play face tanky with wells and bubbles, and that's basically it. I think that would keep things fresh. You know, every season you've got a new a new style, a new approach, and a new theme, and that's where Bungie could really lean into having seasonal mods that fit the theme of the actual uh, season. Wouldn't it be repetitious if every season I have to make the seasonal mod build and only use that? I think maybe you're overstating it a little bit. You wouldn't have to. Look right now when people run Grandmaster Nightfalls. There's a lot of different approaches that people take. There are people that go in this and skip everything. There are people that, you know... Yeah, I, I don't know, uh, my point exactly you all get told to use the mods, people use the mods and they ditch them next season um but to me that's kind of the way seasons are supposed to be, we ran sundial then we kind of walked away with it even before they retired content we all ran menagerie like crazy and then we kind of walked away from it, like, the content the loops and even the guns and the builds I think, you know, rhythmically sort of coming and going each season keeps the game fresh, um as opposed to everything feeling very samey and you just kind of say, well, what's the strongest build? I mean, a lot of people were doing that anyway. They were going into nightmare hunts and they were going into any content with champions and they were approaching it in a very, very samey way. I agree that the system is okay, but my problem is the extra grind required to get the mods and the gear and then we ditch next season isn't refreshing but you could look at it from the other end of the telescope and say coming up with one build in September and using that for an entire year, isn't refreshing either. Um, I don't know if, if I've got to choose one cycle over another, I'm going to choose the cycle where I am motivated to try something new every season because it's powerful, not just because it's fun. And I think that's where I would, that's, that's the distinction I would make. Uh, Holding on to one build and one playstyle for literally twelve months, to me, I think there's a lot more room for things to change each season. It shouldn't last for an entire season. I think with mod slots lasting one year, they should rotate which seasonal mods are in the modifier. Well, may okay, so maybe apply the principle that I'm outlining but extend it beyond a season as you're saying so you feel like you really come up with the best possible build and the best possible approach and then it's good for longer than three months I can see where you're coming from you're like well those modifiers are gone now so this build is pointless I think I can agree with that. I think I think your principle and my principle can meet in the middle, and a, you know, a happy combination could exist where you don't feel like, oh man, I finally got a really good build here with all the things that I want, and the season's almost over, and then there'll be new modifiers next season. Maybe that is a little bit too short of a window, so having it go for an entire year might be the right response, but again, the principle that I'm outlining is being applied. Keeping things fresh, by rotating and motivating new builds with modifiers and seasonal mods I think could end up being a happy marriage for the 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 the, 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 the dynamics of the game and the fresh feeling of the game to continue uh, as things progress because what we tend to do this with weapons and exotics you just you find your build you find your weapons and your exotics and you never change and that really I think mitig- uh, minimizes the need to really chase stuff you know I just mean the delivery of how we get the mods needs to be shaken up. So far, it's been grind this, get material put into, and get the mod and go again. Content delivery, or at least what you're saying, the new builds need to feel really fresh for it to be a payoff. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree. I don't. I think Warmind Cells have the potential to open up a lot of great opportunities to where you're doing something that is combat driven and not just like shooting your gun the whole time and I think War Mind Cell builds really uh, really touched on that. Next question from Hitman. Lona, we are getting good loot intentionality, but why can't Bungie put a few of these new guns in a special crucible only drop to chase for the daily crucible player? So, this is touching on an idea that I've tried to to really, you know, put out there as often as I can. The idea that both both Zavala and Shaxx need a, I think, a, a daily, weekly, and monthly ritualistic sort of grind. And the Umbrals, I believe, are a step in the right direction. So, the other day, when we were talking, I think it was yesterday, when we were talking about Umbrals, I said it'd be cool if you could reverse engineer the, the umbral recaster. So where I go spend my, my currency and I focus the umbral machine so that the next couple of times the umbrals drop on the ground and I pick them up, it's either a sword or the pulse rifle, right? So then the excitement is happening out in the world instead of me standing in a dadgum tower ordering what, what feels like I'm ordering like a value meal, right? Like give me a number four. So, you could do very similar things with Zavala and with Shaxx. Every season you could have the their their seasonal weapon, and when you buy the boon for it or whatever, because you guys know I'm big pro like weapon boons, you buy that boon, every time you're playing Crucible for the next four hours it has a higher likelihood of dropping. Now the likelihood of it dropping and the the efficiency of weapon boons could get better as the season goes on because you're leveling up shacks. So when you get shacks to like level 25, maybe the boons are cheaper. Maybe the boons are more effective. Maybe you get a multiplier, you know, from two crucible matches instead of waiting for the multiplier to hit after four crucible matches so that it goes up the more you're playing. You want to keep people in the playlist. You could apply the same principle to strikes. Like stay in the strike playlist, don't back out and the multiplier is going to go up so your drop rate chances get better and better the longer that you're in there and then as the season progresses you're leveling up the NPC and you're getting you're getting better grind efficiency uh, as a reward so that would be a great starting place because it would say okay you have a reason to just play crucible all day and it brings back that excitement of a drop at the end of the crucible match same thing for strikes you have a reason to grind strikes all throughout the day and things are dropping while you're in there so if, if I'm going to, if I'm going to dedicate my time to a grind or to a loot, uh, I'm sorry, a content loop, there needs to be loot attached to it. And I think this is where, um, this is where I think the, the daily, weekly and seasonal grind is falling short for some people because you either go run contact public event or you find the the smallest kiddie pool you can and just run around in a circle for umbrals. And somebody's like, "Well, they're reinvigorating Crucible and Strikes and all the content cuz you can get Umbrals anywhere." Yeah, 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 but that's not the that's not the same. That means then then all content is equal. If you make all content equal, everywhere can drop the Umbrals. What are people going to do? Path of least resistance. What's the fastest route to get an Umbral? Okay? So, if that's if that's what's happening, you're not reinvigorating the content. You have to give me a reason to go run Gambit or Crucible or um, you know I got you gotta, you gotta give me a reason there's gotta be a reason for me to jump on and go into a particular hopper because if all things are equal I'm just gonna go where the fastest payout is every single time this is why the bounty lost sector grind existed what's the fastest way to get XP oh grab bounties and complete them in a lost sector you gotta change that you gotta flip it on it's head What's the best way to get Umbrals? Well, it certainly isn't running Crucible matches. You've got to put something in Crucible. You have to put something in Strikes to make those playlists seem worth your time. And if they don't do that, I believe they're failing to, to really keep some of the pillars and, and the meat and potatoes content properly uh, incentivized. Because I just, what I feel like is going to happen every season is you're either going to clamor to the new content loop, contact public event, or you're going to clamor to the path of least resistance. Where can I get the most loot the fastest? Um, they haven't filled the void of pinnacles yet. Nothing to chase in strikes or PvP. No, nothing. And according to Luke Smith, year four, they're, you know, th- they intend to reinvigorate core activities. Like that's one of their goals in year four. So I would think, if that's one of their goals, we're gonna see, that you know, Strikes and Crucible get an update. This is one of the reasons I've said that I believe the vendors, you know, will get some type of a refresh. They will get some sort of a semblance of a, uh, you know, there's new things to chase, there's new things to do. Um, you know, I, that, that's, that's, that, I think, is one of the, the, the central issues to Destiny, is how do you add new things, so where people want to go run the new things, and while doing that, how do you simultaneously maintain existing activities and existing hoppers? How do you do that? It be- I think it becomes a challenge. Because I think Season of Dawn is a good example. If you wanted any of the new stuff, all that mattered was Sundial and the obelisks people complained about the obelisk grind and i tried to give them some perspective i was like if you literally only grinded the sundial from moment one then you would have gotten burned out on it really really quickly they put something in front of the sundial first but fundamentally the only thing that mattered in season of dawn was sundial there was no reason to run the crucible there was no reason to run strikes right Now, fast forward to this season. Oh, I can get the Umbrals everywhere. That's nice. Even if I'm running Strikes or I'm running Crucible, you know, they have a chance to drop. And before the season got here, I did a video on Redacted Engrams and I said, well, one of my concerns is this is going to become a bounty farm. This is going to become a Lost Sector bounty farm. People are going to find Path of Least Resistance and then that's all they're going to do. I need an actual tangible reason to go run Strikes or Crucible. That needs to happen. Now, if that only happens at an annual level, and the season rhythm is, you know, is feeling like it's getting updated more often with, like, new loot and new activities, I'm okay with that, but at some degree, you cannot leave Crucible and Strikes just sort of sitting there as, like, I don't know, old books and movies that nobody reads or watches anymore. They need to be spruced up and given more stuff. Death Bobcat with the next question. How could Bungie re-evaluate the Taken Fallen Hive mods that allow players to continue using them going forward, especially after the current raid gear gets sunset? Well, th- this came up... Oh, this might have been yesterday when this came up. I, You know, people are concerned... Um, I just realized she doesn't have any shoes on, the the Agent of the Nine, the Emissary, or whatever she is. She has no shoes on. Anyway, um... She's just barefoot. The... As far as these these mods are concerned, I think they probably just need to be retired. Um, they affect, you know, they're looking into potentially like disabling them for world's first races. They, you know, they probably need to be disabled. At the very least, maybe they can only be used in their in their in their activity of origin. So if you want to go run wherever it came from, you know, you could slap it on, but. You know, being able to run these in Gambit really, really messes with Gambit. It'll mess with day one raid races. Uh, there's a lot of things about these mods that I think just... It's too... Um, I don't know. It's it's just too influential over the flow of combat. You know, the ammo economy in Destiny, I think in general, is terrible. I do. I think the ammo economy in Destiny is awful. It's a shooter, and, you know, I, I can literally have an encounter go great because purple keeps dropping and then i can have an encounter go terribly because purple won't drop it's power ammo is too necessary for so many of the the damage thresholds and the boss fights in the end game like the dungeon is a good example i talked about this i forget what video i talked about this in but like the bowl encounter when we were beating it day one. The the time that we beat it was a time where I literally got heavy ammo right when I needed it. There were numerous runs where I'm like, I literally can't get power ammo. I, I can't do anything. I'm running around with a kinetic weapon. You know what I mean? So it's like, there has to be a better rhythm of ammo economy. So beneath this question, I think is a bigger question, is... The ammo economy needs to be better and more rhythmic. Ammo finders don't work that well. Sometimes they don't even give you a sensible amount. I think ammo finders for grenade launchers literally gives you one grenade. What what the heck is that? You know that that doesn't even that doesn't even make any sense. And then if I'm running like a sword or a machine gun. The heavy ammo brick finder is better. It's like it's more effective for certain weapon types than other weapon types and RNG can literally determine the outcome of the encounter. I can't damage a boss with my primary. I simply can't. That's 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 not the way the game is built. If if I satisfy the the cycle, right? I do everything necessary at the bowl encounter to do damage to the boss and we lay into him and we give them to about half health. Cool, good damage phase. We gotta go one or two more phases, okay? If you don't give me heavy back between that damage cycle and the next damage cycle, I literally can't do a damage cycle. Why? RNG. I can satisfy the mechanics, I can beat the encounter and do what it's asking me to do, But then when it comes time to do damage, I don't have any ammunition. That to me is just kind of dumb. Ammo economy needs to be more reliable and more rhythmic and then get rid of these mods that affect ammo economy. Just get rid of them. We don't need them anymore. Now, if you want to have like scavenger and reserve mods, that's totally fine. Yeah, and this is especially true in Gambit, as somebody in chat is saying. I had three Prime games where I got max heavy ammo like three minutes after start, and those we stomp the enemy so heavily. Once I didn't get heavy, it was close or the stomp uh, enemy. I get if I get the ammo, Th- I'm telling you, these mods and the ammo economy are are a bigger problem than just like, oh, you know, um, we should probably just sunset those mods. No, 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 no. Ammo economy in general needs to be addressed. I shouldn't be winning or losing Gambit, you know, according to RNG, and I shouldn't be failing uh, a dungeon encounter because, or succeeding in a dungeon encounter because a brick did or did not drop at the moment that I needed it, you know? I remember when we were having this debate, somebody was like, well, you're not managing your ammo properly. I'm like, how am I supposed to manage my ammo properly? When it comes time to dump heavy in the boss, you literally give it all you got. So if 20 swings of my sword along with my other buddies doing 20 swings of their swords takes the boss to half health, we have to do that. We can't be like, "No, guys, just do 10 swings. Let's save our ammo for the next damage cycle." What on earth? No, you're going to do less damage. You're going to have to do you're going to have to do way more damage cycles at that point. The ammo, it's math. It's basic math right? If we empty our heavy, we'll take him to half health. If you don't empty your heavy, you won't take him to half health. It's not some magical formula where you can, you know, carry the one and not use all your ammo. So, ammo dumping on a boss for for, for a damage phase is like, it, it, that's just standard destiny practice. And as someone's saying, there's no guarantee you'll get more if you save it. Right, it's not like saving the ammo does some magic trick in the game too. Um, so, I, I have continued to say, in endgame content, there needs to be a rhythm of ammo. Um, I would say in Nightfalls, Grandmaster Nightfalls, you could do ammo boxes in between encounters. Imagine going through a Nightfall, finally clearing a room, satisfying all the mechanics, and then you gotta go to the next area, and everybody's just down to primary ammo, okay? Well, that friggin' sucks. Put a little ammo box in between, they do that in Division, right? In between the encounters, you get a little, you get a little ammo box raids and dungeons could do the same thing as soon as all the mechanics reset for phase two hey that was a good phase one good damage boom here's phase two you know though everybody gets their everybody gets their ammo replenished or they put they put something in the game that you can replenish your ammo with you know not a heavy ammo sense but like maybe another flag maybe something that just says hey good job if listen it Imagine that happening in Oryx. It wouldn't break the fight. You killed all four of the Ogres. You stunned Oryx, and you survived the Shade. Boom. Reset. Time for phase two. Everybody just gets ammo. Just drop it on the ground or something. I don't know. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Because again, the, the difference between success and failure sometimes is literally if you get the ammo or you don't. It's. Th- there were times where we would fail... The callous fight, because I couldn't get primary to drop. I remember getting excited seeing primary ammo on the ground. I mean, that's insane, right? I, I would see a white brick and be like, oh, sweet. whoo ammo. Like, y- <laughs> it was so weird. It was such a weird time in the game, and I don't think it's gotten really any better. They, I don't think they fully understand what they even want to do with ammo economy, because in in vanilla, you were supposed to get heavy every time from a major, and that didn't work. That literally didn't work. So you would sometimes not get heavy from the major. So I remember doing bathers, Prestige Leviathan day one. And we had a guy that was killing his bather and never ever getting heavy out of the bather. And so, you know, that that I think causes problems. You, cr- you create an environment where failure and success is not determined by the player's skill, awareness, or or strategy. It's determined by is determined by a friggin' a friggin' RNG ammo counter in the background, you know. Astrover Elemental differences for loadouts combined with seasonal mods combined with take and and Hive mods for certain pieces means I have too much armor. Give me a Lono solution to make it streamlined. What quick fixes could Bungie do to help? Yeah, I touched on this in the beginning of my video. I said it's just getting really, really bloated. There's just so many, you know, sets of armor you're going to have to keep with you. There's so many mods. Um... I don't have a great solution here, other than for Bungie to. One solution we came up with the other day is all raid mods should be universal. So if I decide to go back and run Garden of Salvation, I should just be able to use those mods if I've gotten them. Or as we said the one time, you could make them. Uh, you could make them perks, right? If you make them perks, then you know you could you could set it up to where it's a. Uh, it's just you unlocked it because you did so many completions so enhanced relay defender is just like listed below your stats like you know how they used to list your your stuff from your um, your gambit prime armor would be like listed down there you like list it down there so another fact supers have been relegated to support roles instead of ad clearing or dps you need them to survive and enhance dps which makes them unexciting and further decreases your options to mitigate ammo economy yes yeah Yeah, exactly. Well, and what Lightleaf's saying, like, I think Luke Smith touched on that in that one interview. He said that, like, the Supers all feel very homogenized, like they're all very samey. You got a bubble, a well, and a tether. They all kind of do the same thing to a certain degree. And then you got, you know, a couple of roaming, melee-driven ones, and then you got some big boom-pow ones, like a Nova Bomb, Celestial, Goldie, and I don't even know what the Titans would be, I guess you know, the the code of the missile. But in general, yeah, supers are, um... Supers are a little uninteresting right now for those reasons. They get relegated to... And this is why I got really angry when they started to get, you know, micromanagey about exotics that give you back your super. Um, killing a bunch of ads with, like, my Blade Barrage and getting a bunch of my super back with Shards of Galanor felt really, really good. And what you did was you relegated you uh you relegated supers to sit on the super and just wait is what ended up happening you would just sit on the super and you would you would not do anything with it it just gets sat on and you just you don't do anything you're like well just save it for damage or as what Lylee was saying well just use well or use bubble just save it for support just run tether at that point so Supers have a long way to go as well. To a certain degree, I would love to see them say, "No, no, 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 no. We, 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 we need to, we need to allow supers to have more of an offensive presence if needed." Um, and and what Lightleaf is saying, you can't mitigate the ammo economy. You can't. How do you mitigate the ammo economy with your super if your super is again it's relegated to a sit on it for the entire encounter, or Um, or if you're not going to sit on it through the entire encounter, then you've got to, you got to use it as a, as a, like a defensive or a passive super. And that again is just boring. It's not a way to be like, well, let me clear a bunch of ads with my super and I might get some of my ammo back. This is where doom just gets it right. You know what I'm saying? The combat in doom, except for the marauders, they can die in a fire, but the combat in doom is perfect. You can always replenish your armor, and you can always replenish your ammo. You are in control of that flow of combat. And if you do it intel- intelligently enough, man, I did some things that was just awesome. Like, I would light everybody on fire and blow them up, and then I'd get all my armor. And then I would get out the chainsaw, and I'd get all my ammo back. And so, you would have this rhythm of replenishment that was something that you had to do, Right? it was something that the player was doing it wasn't this it wasn't this weird sort of oh you got to you got to just wait or hope the ammo drops or oh you got to go hit an ammo box or something like that no it was something that i could come up with creative combat strategy or rhythms or movements that would feed me what I needed for combat. And you could approach it in a completely different way. And this is what I, th- I think Bungie needs, needs to take a page out of the book of Doom. I think the Doom ammo rhythm is is in a great, great place. I feel like I want to do a video about this. Um, You know, ammo, uh, ammo economy how does it, it keeps changing the word ammo to something else, ammo is a word, (laughs) uh, ammo economy, take a note from Doom because I, I think I, I do think that would be a, 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 super, super helpful thing to Bungie, I'm sorry, to Destiny's combat rhythm, um this idea that you you are in control of the rhythm of combat as long as you do x, y and z and 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 take the right approaches and strategies you're gonna keep your ammo up time and other things you know in control. We kind of have that we kind of have that with the um uh with the way that they've done what is it the um demolitionist was is what i'm is what I'm thinking of wow something's going on i i run this slideshow as a wallpaper on windows 10 and it's supposed to change every minute and uh it gets stuck and i was trying to unstick it and it finally moved i don't know i like it because the game's down for maintenance right now um or is it back up there might be a thing to download um oh it's back up okay cool let's just open up the game then um so i i do i do think that you know ammo economy is an, an important solution that if you address ammo economy think of it like this we always say that like reload and damage perks are so freaking boring um they're so boring on guns we want more interesting perks well ammo ammo mods on weapons I'm sorry on armor it, That's also pretty boring. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? That's also pretty boring. That's not that exciting to try to control the flow of ammo with your loadout. I want a loadout that's doing something totally different than, oh, I get more ammo or more ammo drops, or hopefully I get some bricks to drop. It's a shooter for crying out loud. Just feed me ammo so I can do dope stuff. And then I can worry about, you know, different... Uh, different loadout decisions and perk decisions that would be a whole lot more exciting than, you know, oh, you get more ammo or can carry more ammo. I, I don't know. That's boring. That's as boring as reload and damage perks. Eastfoot with the next question. Seasonal mods can be great on the armor, but very few people utilize them and use them to their full potential. What could be done to help the average player understand a harmonic mod build? well this is why you have to incentivize it okay no one's gonna boot up destiny and wanna do like a bunch of reading or like walk through like a friggin tutorial you know what I mean contact the rig titan so contact is now moved to the rig on titan um nobody wants to go and do that that's just that, that, that's totally understandable for people to be like, dude, I don't want to go and watch or read a tutorial. But if you motivate people and you incentivize people to try it out, that's a completely different scenario. That's a totally different scenario. That is somebody saying, oh, I'll be stronger if I try this out. Let me take that for a spin. You know what I mean? Um, there's some, there's a pretty good shader this week for Bright Dust, Bio Loom that is a nice that is actually a really really nice shader uh, for uh, for bright dust I always buy the bright dust shaders you know, it's only 40 it's, uh, it's pretty nice and then big blend for the ace of spades uh, ornament is on sale for bright dust and the adonis shell that's pretty cool I like pulsates um, That's those are pretty good I don't really care about the, the silver stuff I always look at the bright dust stuff um, the taraba ornament is available for bright dust uh, Rasputin projection, reload emote, the marbled orb weaver, uh, sparrow, uh, fencing salute emote is available and gets out like his little fencing sword. One of the cool ships is available. The Velocomancer, uh, is available for bright dust. That's pretty, that's a pretty cool ship. It's pretty big. Um, 2000 bright dust for that. So a lot of great shaders this week, too. If you haven't gotten Neo, Pop, Wave, that's a great shader for Bright Dust. So, some, some good things there. Um, some good things there. As far as our uh, the Nightfall, the Ordeal, it is the Garden World strike for the Ordeal. The three you can choose from is Exodus, Crash, Will of the Thousands, and Broodhold. And then they have the uh, Vanguard strikes are set to arc. Blackout Grenadier, so Ark would be the burn this week. If people are running Reckoning, Reckoning is Ark Brawler. That'd be fun as a Titan with a Titan going there and just slam the ground like crazy. So it doesn't seem like uh, anything, you know. Obviously, you're going to have the means to an end each week with uh, with Drifter and all that. But so there you go, Ryro. Do you think that mods like Ammo Finder, Scavengers, and Reserves should be stackable? I feel like I can't have a stat-increasing mod, double Scavengers, and a seasonal mod under the current system, but if one Scavenger gave me the maximum benefit, I could easily slot the mods that I want. Well, we sort of just, before this question, shot your question down in flames, not intentionally, but uh, we basically said we wanted to get rid of ammo mods and get you know m- more interesting mods for armor, but I think the core of your question is still important. <clears throat> Excuse me the core of your question is important that you know should mods be uh, should they be stackable I would say that the spirit of mods and build crafting stacking the same mods it it does seem a little strange that they let us do that it lets you go in and say yeah let me let me me take two of those I think you'd get maybe a little bit more diversity maybe a little bit more experimentation if you couldn't uh, necessarily um. do that you know what I'm saying like if you were in a position where you know gr- grabbing you know grabbing those things would, would be would be a one and done you'd have to get more creative in your building right now it's just like I'll show you what I do I mean this is a perfect time for your question double machine gun reserves double machine gun scavenger and then up here I just put off for whatever it's on rocket launcher right now I have right here and then double machine gun finder so I got double machine gun finder reserves and scavenger cause I was running I was running Xeno for something ordinarily I would probably actually switch to, to to Actium War Rig with double reserves on Actium War Rig so like I don't know the there, there, I like this because it's just like a blunt this is like a blunt instrument build you know just give me ammo boom 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 like there's something very just almost kind of stupid about this build but at the same time I, I think there you could get a little bit more out of the game if you pushed me into a place where I had to be maybe more thoughtful instead of this idea that like yeah man, you can you can stack it up, stack it up and then you don't really you don't really put a lot of thought into your build, you're just stacking and getting double the benefits. Um but as related to the, you know, the the conversation we were having just before we got to your question, I I also think that it just to me makes more sense to say it, you know, ammo ammo mods and ammo economy need completely reevaluated. I don't feel like I'm coming up with a build really. Think about it. I'm just getting more ammo. That's not really a build. You know? That's not really a build. That's that's just that's just ammo. That that feels that feels kind of chintzy. That feels kinda like you know, what's the point of that? A build to me would be something along the lines of, you know, you got you got all these and this is why i think you need to free us up to do more experimentation with the seasonal mods this is when it feels like i'm coming up with a build you know surprise attack and you know some of these other and and the warmind cell builds those felt like builds to me it doesn't feel like a build to just stack up a bunch of j- just stack up a bunch of you know ammo mods and just get a bunch of ammo i don't know that that just to me doesn't doesn't feel as unique as coming up with something where you are, you know, a rangefinder unrelenting bow might be pretty good. You know, it just doesn't, I don't know. I don't know another way to phrase it. I haven't thought this out in, because I like to say things in another way to like try to make the point a little bit stronger. And I can't, I can't come up with like another way to say this. But to me, I don't feel like I'm build crafting, I feel like I'm just basically being like an ammo, like an ammo box. Like, it doesn't feel that elaborate. The charge with light mods and the warmine cell mods felt more like I was crafting a build where I could do particular things, and just stacking a bunch of ammo stuff doesn't feel that way. ADJC. Two questions here from AD. Do you think eventually mods will need to be sunset as we move forward to new expansions and seasons? So, I, I I do think they're going to have to do something with mod retirement, because as I said in the video I feel like the number of mods that are in the game right now, the number of armors that you basically have to kind of keep track of or keep around, it's just getting really, really bloated um it just feels really, really bloated it feels like there's, there, 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 there's too many and to a certain extent, it feels like a lot of it's going to kind of collapse on itself, um and I, I don't know if the solution is to sunset, but I definitely feel like, man, you're going to have to thin this out. This This is getting kind of wild. This is getting, it's getting to the point where, I don't know if you guys are like this, but whenever I play a video game and I open up the menu for like customization and skills and blah, blah, blah. If it's crazy elaborate and I feel like I'm drinking from a fire hose, I kind of ignore it. Like, there are games where there's so many consumables and there's so many things you can do with consumables and I'm just like, I don't want to I'm not doing that. I just want to go play. I just want to go do looties and shooties. And so, in Destiny, if if I pull up... If I pull up the mod system and it just continues to mushroom and grow, eventually I'm worried that people are going to start to look at it and be like, that's just so much trouble, dude. I am not going to mess with that. I am I am absolutely not interested in, um, in in doing that. You know, I, I don't I don't I don't want to mess around with this. This is, this is going to be too much trouble. I just want to go shoot guns and get lewd, and yeah. this is why I keep thinking that you've got to motivate it. You've got to incentivize it. Mo- mo- you know, positive modifiers. That that to me that you've you've got to take that as the angle. Because if not it's just so easy to ignore it in a similar vein we've talked about this before nobody kills anything in strikes we just run past everything why there's no incentive to kill everything there's no reason to kill everything you just run past everything right so if if that's the if that's the case then you have to come up with incentivization the only way you're gonna change people the only way you're gonna change their behavior in the game is through proper incentive Darksider this season is the first time I wanted to make myself a charge with light build during my planning I noticed that a hunter I wanted uh, very little max as a hunter I'm sorry I wanted very little max 10 mobility to drop on my armor before master working it I wondered why until I realized mobility is the cheapest and the easiest traction and powerful friends to correct should mods provide stats uh, and if yes should they be able to be adjusted if no could Bungie fill the lost 85 to 90 stat points with those lost mods well I answered this question earlier but you're asking you're, you're, you're asking almost like a follow up well what are they going to do about those deficits that you know people have been building around having traction or having powerful friends well I would hope that if they don't go in and stop doing it or retire them or sunset them or whatever um, that they would just come up with a strong enough motivation for you to shelve it and come up with another build something newer, cooler, more fresh, and more powerful to get you to kind of shake things up on your own. So if they can't do that, then I would worry that people are going to get stuck in these ruts. The the rut that you're stuck in is like, man, I'm never taking any of this off. Why would I? You're only going to run into the, the need to change it when the armor gets sunset. And so if I'm, if I'm bunging and I'm looking at this situation... I would stop adding mods that do stuff to stats and maybe even consider retiring them at a certain point. So this isn't even a question anymore. Like, if they're going to be competing with these types of builds, it's going to be really, really tough. That's basically power creep. We talked about that in one of the Sunsetting videos. That's almost a form of power creep. The only way they're going to get you to go to different mods is to introduce stronger mods. How do you unseat powerful friends? How do you unseat these? So, eventually the armor gets sunset, and then you're at least in a situation where, you know, people can't use it any longer. But, that in in non-power enabled Crucible, you can always have those enabled, especially if you're running with worm husks So, I would, I would say going forward, they need to not do it anymore and maybe even consider retiring some of these mods or sunsetting some of these mods that are creating some of these problems. Because there are so many mods that don't do anything worthwhile. Now that I actually have the game open, I can show you one of the ones I was thinking of. Um, there's literally uh, a char- there's a charge with light mod, and I can't think of the name of it, where it says, you know, while charge with light you you can create orbs for your team or something. And I was like, that's got to be one of the dumbest things. Like why am I going to put that perk on? Why am I going to do, you know, turn that on? Um th- here here's one. While charged with light, this costs 4 energy by the way. This is called Energy Converter. Using your grenade attack grants you super energy, consuming all stacks of charge with light. The more stacks you have, the more energy you gain, up to a maximum of 50% of your super energy. So, you can throw a grenade as long as you got enough stacks of charge with light, and you can get, you know, up to half of your super, but then you lose 10 discipline. So, like, this just feels like a huge, huge adjustment to get oh, you know, to get what feels like a decent, that's decent, but look at how disruptive it is to your build. You gotta take four energy, which means you gotta disrupt what's on the chest piece already, alright? Um, and then, oh, and if somebody's putting in chat, the mod only works to 50%, if you're already above 50%, it won't give you super. Right, this is a super specific mod that costs four energy, I lose discipline, I gotta use it in a really particular way, Okay? Um, I mean, this one here. Gain an extra stack of Charge With Light for every stack you gain. So this is called Stacks on Stacks. It costs 4 energy, and it takes 10 of my recovery. There's so many mods in here that it's just like, man, that is way too expensive. That's way too costly. You know, I don't, I don't want to mess around with that. That, that. That's not worth it. 4 for that, you know what I mean? So, I would just continue to say... Mods that are, you know, that are coming down the road that are newer, I think need to be focused more on really giving better benefits. And I also think when I go to my build, if I want to try out one of those mods, my recovery mod should be a zero. So right now I'm only using six and then I can come over here and try experiment with some of these, you know, these seasonal mods. It's really, really hard to experiment with seasonal mods when I'm going to have to basically, you know, take all of this off or take this off. Like it's going to disrupt my stats and then having and then having mods that take stats away. I just think that you're you're going to have a hard time finding anybody that wants to do that. Greg. With Sunsetting as the main feature of the future, do you think that mod slots need to be opened on armor? As it stands, you need to stretch out your armor collections all the way back a season to the fo- uh, for Season of the Forge, which becomes annoying. No one wants to keep multiple armor sets for one mod slot. That, and seasonal mod slots that you can work with and create builds for, often get finished by the end of the season and then become useless because of the way uh, they rely on the artifact. Do you think that the current seasonal armor should receive universal mod compatibility for all armor mods exists up to that point man I said this in a video and somebody had good pushback and I, I now I forget what they said um, <laughs> I forget what they said they had good pushback because I said the same thing I was like when I get new armor it should just be able to use all the mods from from seasons past and somebody was like doesn't that defeat this entire purpose of fill in the blank and I can't remember what they said what the fill in the blank was they were like well wouldn't that, wouldn't that invalidate you know blah 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 I can't remember what they said that it invalidated. And I remember saying, oh, okay, so that's fine. Let's just make it to where, you know, raid mods are always universal. So if I, you know, if I get into the spring of 2021 and I feel like going and running garden, I should just be able to slap on those raid mods because, you know, don't make me change all my armor just to run some of those raid mods. Um... I would think the drive would still be to get new armor, because if you want to use any of the new stuff, your old armor is invalidated. So you'd upgrade to the new armor, still be able to use all that old stuff. I think the biggest problem with this is that then Bungie can't have this like stuff getting left behind. Because now when they sunset armor, and essentially they sunset your ability to use certain builds, whether it's charged with light, warmind cells, or whatever, if Bungie, for whatever reason, wants to leave that stuff behind, th- what, what you are suggesting, and what I also suggested is too, it invalidates their, their ability to really effectively sunset armor or sunset mods. Those things are then ever-present and never go away. And I think that causes, I think that causes issues with what they're trying to do going forward, you know, and yeah, and we have transmog coming. We don't know when, but I mean, eventually you're going to be able to look, the, you know, whatever way you want. And so I would be worried about being like, Hey, you got new armor in beyond light. You can use mods from all the way back, you know, two years ago that might have really, really bad unintended consequences of, it, almost like some form of power creep like you can create too much strength and too much power being able to dip all the way back the people sunset their armor anyway people ditched last season for this season it's partly why I don't really invest anymore apart from what I really need I'm not sure how much of an effect it would have I'm not saying it would I'm just saying there could be unforeseen unintended consequences of being like yep yeah, you can use mods from forever you know from, from two years ago It might it might cause issues Jane Negrin says, oh, he's submitting a question for Poro on head. Should Bungie let seasonal mod slots be entirely retroactive? Depending on the mods you use, it could devalue the new gear if it can't slot them. So this is identical to Greg's question. So I am going to skip it because it was submitted for somebody else. And it's like, I don't have anything else to say about this other than "I, I was in support of this idea and I really can't. I really can't remember what somebody said where I was like, oh, that's really good pushback. I feel like it just invalidates um, Bungie's ability to sunset. Kimono. Some people are asking if Fallen mods like Armaments should be disabled for the next world's first race since they most likely the next raid will be a Fallen theme. Do you think it's a huge unfair disadvantage for those who don't have the mod? We've gotten this question a lot. It's kind of, it's got, I'm kind of surprised how often it's come up. And I agree with them probably being disabled in uh, in... I think anytime contest modifiers on just disable them so that you can't use them in Grandmaster Nightfalls you shouldn't be able to use them in a day one raid race and then they could bring back hard mode you can have a hard mode raid and a hard mode dungeon contest modifiers turned on and then you can't use those mods we've talked a lot about armor mods today and I still just think get rid of them in general I think if you refine the ammo economy and get rid of these mods I think you know there's a lot more room for something that's far more creative than, than something like this where throw a grenade and get free heavy ammo. like That's just insane to me. That's so strong. Smoky. For me, the mod system as interesting as it is, paradoxically de-incentivizes trying new builds or optimizing for act, uh, activities and encounters since the process of slotting in said mods is so tedious and because of the fact that I can't save builds for DIM. What solution would you propose? I didn't even touch on this in my video, but it does. It does start to get a little grating to be like, "Hang on a minute." And you go in and you you grab and you change and you 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 do a bunch of different things, right? Well, if 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 I'm having to do that every single time as you're saying, it just starts to get tedious and you start to not want to do it. You feel like you have to like, "All right, before we go on, hang on a moment. Let me go through and change a bunch of stuff I think an easy solution well it might not be easy but an obvious solution would be a loadout system where you know I've got five boxes up at the top of my character and they all, they all can be saved as loadouts and I know that loadout number three is what I like to use when I play trials so I click that button and it just it goes and it does everything I had predetermined you know I don't know if Bungie can do that, but I would love it. Number one, it shouldn't cost anything to slot a mod. I I I think that is 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 pure and utter silliness. Five hundred glimmer—that's not even necessary. Get that the frick out of here, right? Get that get that get that out of here. But what I would what I would say is, you know, if you remove that cost, then you just do a loadout system because then I don't have to worry about like oh I'm going to switch my loadout for this activity do I have enough glimmer not that most people are ever short on glimmer but there were times where I spent a couple of days doing a lot of different activities and switching a lot of my mods around and experimenting I think it was when I was in the dungeon and slowly but surely from master working gear up to experiment infusing gear up to experiment and, and, and swapping mods I just slowly started running out of glimmer because I mean you got to use glimmer you know, when you're gonna when you're gonna masterwork something up, you use glimmer. When you mod slot stuff, you use glimmer. And eventually, you know, it starts to it starts to cut into your your resources. It just isn't necessary. And so it, let's ignore the cost for a second. As Smoky is saying, it's really tedious. I gotta remember what the armor pieces and what affinity and which one was I using, and I swapped this and I swapped that. So a lot of the times, I just I just wasn't switching. I was like, ah, let's just forget it. Let's just go. You know and i think that is uh that could be rectified with a loadout system very very easily rectified with a loadout system uh anenra anenra always with these long questions uh what would you say to something like this back in borderlands one there was a system of leveling weapon proficiency the more you use it the better you got with it do you think bungie could implement a system like that for our weapons so rather than though having it tied to armor allowing us to use armor for more specific parts of our builds and create more diversity with things that our characters do not the gun we need uh, to get them to happen Um, this way we can use the weapon we like without needing a new element of armor to level up to get the most out of them yeah I mean here's the thing I'm not necessarily against what you're saying but you're basically doing that like let's come up with a really elaborate system that's not presently in the game to net us more freedom and control and I worry that you're you're trying to swallow an elephant in order to gain in, in, in or in order to gain like a pound or two I, I feel like this would be so much work to net such a small benefit to the player um, and I actually like the idea of weapon proficiencies uh, you know, I I think that that would be cool. Like if you the, the more you use the weapons, you know, maybe the fast you, you get like an automatic, you know, you're faster at reloading the weapon just because you use it more often. Getting away from the need for reload mods on on armor or reload perks on guns. It's like no, if you use the weapon enough, it's reload proficiency is going to go up. You're you're better with the weapon. You've been using it forever, right? The <laughs> you you should be right. So. But I don't know if we want to come up with this huge elaborate system where you disconnect the two systems that we have now and go to this new system where there's proficiencies and that way we can use the weapons that we like and we don't have to worry about changing our armor affinity or, you know, blah, 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 blah. I will admit, reloading is one of the things I just want to see homogenized because when I switched from, you know, Dire Promise to an SMG, or maybe I want to try out an auto-rifle. I hate coming in here and being like, oh, I got auto-rifle and SMG, but I want to use a hand cannon for now. Up, got to run light arms loader. You know what I mean? It's just like, reloading is just such a common mechanic in the game. You're doing it literally constantly. It's one of the things you do, you know, next to shooting, it's probably the thing you do most often in the game, is reload your weapons. It just... I don't know. I, it's weird for reloading to be a pain point, you know. Oh yeah, that gun's reload sucks. Hopefully you get a perk or run enhanced reload. Or it's like, I don't want to do that. My armor is here for me to have a build and a, and a, and a way of. I, I want to feel like I, I've I've spent time investing like a really dope build, not being like well. If I want to run this gun, its reload is so awful that I have to get a perk or I have to run this mod. I just continue to say they can get they can get out from under this burden of needing reload perks and reload mods by homogenizing reload to not make it painful, make it just normal. And it's just a standard reload speed on everything and then i could start looking at my gauntlets and saying okay what could i come up with that's more creative for my build you know fastball momentum transfer um and there's nothing else here you know what i mean fastball momentum transfer and enhanced momentum transfer that's solar and then you go to arc and you've got fastball impact induction enhanced impact induction that's it everything else is reload you see what i'm saying I, th- there's more room there, you know. What about you know knock knockback melee? So if you if you slot that mod on your gauntlets when you use a charged melee, you know you knock back, you know enemies or something. Well now I'm now I'm doing something that feels fun and unique that I've built into instead of being like, well, gotta run this reload because oh man, one tens are so slow and terrible, you know or yeah I gotta run reload I don't I don't have a good reload perk on here I don't you know what I mean and they've whittled down reload perks as it is if you look at Rabbit hit and feeding frenzy and outlaw you know they've 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 lessened their their strength so they don't feel so necessary but now it's just like you're gonna feel like you have to lean on reload mods on your armor and then you've not really achieved anything we're doing the same thing sensory fern Uh, should seasonal mods have no energy cost Having a compromise our stats and weapon efficiency to equip seasonal mods doesn't feel worth it. Well, you're attacking us from the other end. I attacked it from the end of our stats should be free. So when I slot recovery, it should cost zero. Discipline, strength, intellect, mobility, recovery, and resilience should all cost nothing. I would even say the minor, major, and boss resist. These Everything here should cost nothing. This is just you making up for a deficit on the on the build, you know? Or, coming up with a stat build, like, oh, I need a little bit more of, you know, fill in the blank. That, that is always, in my mind, a better option, you know, to separate those two. You're attacking it from the other end. The reason I would be concerned about having seasonal mods have no energy cost is not all seasonal mods are, you know, are equal in strength. There are some crazy, crazy, strong seasonal mods. And I'd be worried if you remove the cost of seasonal mods, then Bungie would just start to make seasonal mods really, really chintzy and uninteresting. Right? Th- as, a, as a mod, mobility or recovery or resilience, they're not that interesting. It's literally giving you some stats. That's why they shouldn't cost anything. They're not that. They're not that influential. They're only influential when they're part of a bigger strategy of a little bit of recovery here, a little bit of resilience here, a little bit more recovery there. They're all part of a a, a bigger, you know, whole and. If that's why they should cost nothing, if, if Bungie starts making perks, you know, like War Mind Cell and Charge with Light and Supreme, you know, Supreme Nightmare Breaker and stuff, you start making those free. I I, I don't know. I would be concerned about that um, diluting the sense of hierarchy. Like, these are really good mods, there's really dope stuff. Oh, it doesn't cost anything. So I, I would flip it around and do it the way that I suggested in the video. I think you're on the right track, though right now you're saying, I gotta compromise my stats and my weapon efficiency just to try out seasonal mods. I 100% agree with you, which is why I think that the stat mods should cost nothing. You know? Frunky Pats? It might be Funky Pats. I might have misspelled this. Um... Hey Lono, slightly off topic, but still true to the subject matter, the amount of upgrade materials it takes to upgrade armor is simply too pressing for more casual players. As the prisms and the golf balls are all mainly locked behind end game activity. Moving forward, do you think that due to the era of sunsetting that we are approaching, that Bungie should reevaluate the Masterwork system and make it more fair for the whole player base? And how do you think that they can do this? Three golf balls for exotic armor piece, with only one refunded on a dismantle is insane. I very lightly touched on this in the video, very very lightly. I said that um how did I say this? I said sunsetting and currency needed for masterwork will be a problem. Um I do think, I do think that this this system needs reevaluated. I didn't spend a ton of time on this in the video, but the amount of currency it takes to masterwork something needs to be looked at. And there's a couple of reasons I want to say this. First, before I even get to the casuals, I'm a player that likes to experiment, but do I really want to take this up to 10? If I come in here and I'm like, man, I could run right now. If I could just slap on, let's just for the sake of argumentation, if I could just slap on this enhanced nightmare breaker, oh, it costs two energy only way I'm going to do it is by fully masterworking, you know? Well, that that's really costly just to experiment, right? If I'm in experimentation mode, that's really expensive. Now, Doge is saying masterwork material is not hard to get because it's an easy grind in Legend. I don't disagree that the currency is pretty easy to come by. My problem is it's so much time investment and currency sink just to experiment like just to experiment i gotta i gotta do a lot i gotta grind nightfalls i gotta spend all this currency to be like oh let me try out this build that i heard about let me see if i like it i might not like it it might not be that strong i may have completely wasted when i did that for the rocket build in the dungeon i was ticked when we looked at the numbers and i was like yeah this rocket build sucks I just spent all that currency and time, and I'm like, well, (laughs) yeah, that build sucks, you know. it's, it's it's just too expensive now we're talking right now about experimenting as more hardcore players and it being too costly and requiring me to do too much just to get there imagine being a more mid lane or a more casual player there is no hope for you to experiment or to try things out so a significant portion of the game is just not even there for you to you know mess around with or enjoy that's just why I don't invest anymore because I might not like it. I'll ditch the stuff next season. Otherwise, right now, in the new model where the seasonal mod slot and the seasonal in the in the build that you come up with is going to last for an entire year, you know, I would, uh, I would, I would say that that might be a little bit, you know, better as far as like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the time to invest in this build. I'm gonna take the time to, you know, come up with this because, you know, this build's gonna last a lot longer. I'm not gonna dish this next season. It's gonna last me, you know, for a a year or so. You might be more motivated to do it at that point. Rain the Dark. Good morning, Lona. Hope you're doing well. What I'm wondering is your opinion on ammo finder mods that supposedly increase drop chance of whatever type you equip. You feel these mods should even exist in the game. I personally feel like we as players should be able to get whatever ammo types we're using reliably and consistently in all forms of PVE content. Should Bungie increase ammo drops overall in PVE or are these mods a good enough alternative to the ammo economy? Well, we've already answered this, so I'm going to answer your question from another side. Let's imagine that Bungie never does anything to the ammo economy, and they leave these ammo finders in the game, which, it's very likely that that's what they do, okay? They need to be completely overhauled then, right? (laughs) They need to be completely overhauled because when I get an ammo finder brick for swords or machine guns, it's great. That little glowing brick gives me a decent chunk of of ammo. When I get an ammo finder brick for a rocket or a grenade launcher, it is a freaking joke in comparison. It's an absolute joke. The brick, yeah, yeah, for fusions, you get two shots, shotguns, two shots. That's stupid. The brick should be equal to other bricks. It's that simple. If I'm picking up a brick on the ground and I'm using a mod slot in order for that to happen and it happens inconsistently, that brick should be equal to other ammo bricks. It's that simple. It's like, come on, man, I'm taking up a slot on my armor for this. Not only am I taking up a slot of my armor for this, but I'm also having to wait for the dadgum thing to drop. And then it gives me uh, one grenade or like or you know two fusion shots. It they they need to be completely uh, overhauled. So I I happen to think get them out of the game, get ammo finder out of the game, um and 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 make the and make the ammo economy more sensible. I don't think they're going to do that. So if we're going to have to live with this ammo economy and I got to run ammo finders sometimes, then man, oh man, they should be universalized. I should get way more ammo from them because they don't even proc all that often. And when they finally do, getting one or two shots for your weapon is just that's just stupid... So you're coming at this from fixing these mods and making them way more efficient. Well, there's two options here, Rain. They either jettison them from the game and make ammo economy more reliable and more predictable. I don't think they're going to do that. So since I don't think they're going to do what I really want them to do, which is make ammo economy not so stupid, there are literally times where there's four or five purple bricks on the ground, and then I'll go an hour and not see one. That's dumb, right? I would much rather them address the ammo economy you know, situation from a bigger picture and then say, because we've done this, ammo finder mods are no longer necessary. We're, t- we're taking them out of the game, right? I don't think they're going to do that. If they're not going to do that, then at the very least, ammo finders should be more efficient. They should be dro- dropping more often and they should be treated as a normal brick. You know, running over an ammo finder brick and getting one or two bullets is so dumb. It's like, what's, why am I even running this? I think they need to get yeeted, Uh, so trust me, I agree with you, but if they aren't going to, uh, they need to be buffed. Exactly. It's one or the other. They can't stay as they currently are. Either completely remove them from the game and make ammo economy more reliable or make the perks, the, the actual mods themselves more reliable and give me more from the bricks that drop instead of making it seem like why am I even wasting my time with this? What In the grand scheme of things, what is one grenade? What is one rocket? You know, What are two fusion shots? That's nothing. It's not even worth... You see it. Is, is it even worth going and picking it up? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, I I would say... I don't know if they're going to look at this anytime soon, but I I really really got frustrated by the ammo economy in the dungeon. To literally run around and be like, "I all I have is my kinetic right now." That's infuriating. I'm satisfying your mechanics, I'm killing everything, and I have a and I have a, a kinetic weapon. I got nothing you know what are you doing feed me ammo i want to play the content not run around like an idiot hoping for bricks to drop you know like we're in some sort of nightmarish you know it's like when you can't find your you know your home room you ever have those dreams where you're like yeah you can't find where you're supposed to go in your school well all of a sudden destiny starts to feel like some nightmare situation where you're like i can't find any ammo you're just running around like is there ammo here is there ammo here i don't know where the ammo is And then like, you know, like the nightmare you have where you're at school and can't find your homeroom, all of a sudden you're in your underwear, right? (laughs) It's like, that's, that's what it feels like. It's like, are you going to give me the thing that I need or not? You know, am I allowed to play the video game or not? Infinite rest. In the past, raid loot was special because of the unique perks built into the drops. In Destiny 2, they switched to having raid mods. Do you think that they should stay the course and continue creating raid mods, or could they go back to making raid perks intrinsic to raid loot? I'm actually okay with raid mods for armor. I just think they should be universal. As I said, if in the spring, or maybe they do something next summer where I'm going back into Garden of Salvation, I should just be able to use those mods. They only work in there. There's no reason to limit them, okay? They only work in that raid. You know, Enhanced Relay Defender is probably one of the most popular out of all of them. I would just make them universal. Now, when it comes to the weapons, okay, I would like to see weapons get intrinsic perks. Like, a a raid weapon should be great. It should be Genesis Chain unique standout. It should also be best in class and it should have an intrinsic perk. Think about, you know, um, Oracle Disruptor in Vault of Glass. Not only were the weapons in Vault of Glass strong and enjoyable to use, Fatebringer, you know, Vision of Confluence, they also got Oracle Disruptor, which helped you in the raid. And so I think the danger here, the danger here is if they only give you If they only give you the intrinsic perk and it's just basically a good gun with an intrinsic perk, that's not good enough. If we get on the other end of September and the raid guns are basically like good weapons with an intrinsic perk, that's not a pinnacle piece of gear. A pinnacle piece of gear is the recluse and then slap an intrinsic perk on it, right? If I go run your raid, the auto rifle that I get, it better be Amazing! I better want to. Fe- I wa- I better feel like this is best in class, unique. I want to take this with me everywhere, and then beyond that, I it need. I think having an intrinsic perk is is completely uh, a legitimate request. It's a totally legitimate request to make because then when I run the raid, it's a it's a standout weapon. It's the weapon of choice, and people might say what well, that means. If you run, if you if you play the raid, you're going to feel like you have to run those weapons i never felt that way in Vogue. i wanted to but i didn't feel like i had to run them it was kind of like a well why wouldn't you you know why why would you not run run these weapons they've got they're 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 great they've got the intrinsic the alternative you know is what we've been doing for the past couple of years which is what why why even bother a raid weapons are basically the same as every other weapon in the game, to a certain degree. There's nothing special about them. So the alternative is, well, we don't want you to feel like you have to run the raid weapons. Well, what's the alternative then? Boring weapons that nobody really gives a crap about? Like, I would much rather a weapon be so good that I feel like, I don't know, dude. I gotta run this, this is such a strong weapon. You know, oh, but then it's a non-choice weapon, it's a non-choice weapon this is going to happen regardless. No matter what you do, you're going to have weapons that when you break down the math and you break down the build, you're like, yeah, this is the best, you know? Stop that. My Pulse Rifles is upset. It's special. <laughs> I know, I know. Everybody wants to go to Garden of Salvation and be like, "Yeah, but this is a Pulse Rifle that can roll with Rapid Hit." And I'm like, "Okay, you take yours and I'll take my Blast Furnace, and we'll see who's better at killing, you know. We're, we're we'll see how quickly your ad killing efficiency how different it is than mine. It'll be they'll be indistinguishable. They're the same weapon, you know. You having Rapid Hit quick draw and me having Feeding Frenzy rampage. We'll we'll let's see, right? Let's see if, if they're not a basically the exact same weapon. I mean, it's like, if you want to say it's better, yeah, you got to say slightly better, which is a complete, you know, invalidation of saying it's good enough to be Raid Gear. Saying, oh, it's Raid Gear, how good is it? Well, I mean, if you get out a stopwatch and you slow down time and you record a YouTube video and you really analyze it, there may be a few milliseconds every once in a while where the gun is actually it's 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 stronger it's like you got to break it down to like the micro milliseconds. It's like then that's not better that's not raid gear that's not worthy of being called raid gear there was there was never any doubt about the fate bringer or the vision of confluence there was no doubt in your mind you're like no these are best in class weapons even wrath of the machine you could say that like genesis chain wasn't a best in class weapon but at least it was stand out and unique focus firefly i mean you couldn't get a gun like that anywhere else so it made it fun and 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 you wanted to use it you wanted to get it so if i'm telling you if they don't pull this off in september i'll be one of the first people to make a video that was like sunsetting was a lie like <laughs> i will not hold back i've been defending sunsetting i've been pro sunsetting for too long if we don't get truly stand out amazing raid gear in september th- there will be there will be you know riots in the streets. You know, people will be angry. People will be, you know, rioting in the tower. They'll be very, very angry guardians. And I think they'll have every right to be angry. Every right. Because we were promised, you know, something very, very different. And I trust that we're gonna get that. I believe that they've been sitting on amazing gear that they haven't put in the game yet because there was nothing like sunsetting put in place. I would not be surprised if a bunch of stuff that had to get shelved gets pulled off the shelf and they're like, oh, I've been wanting to put this gun in the game, I've been wanting to put this perk in the game for so long, and we've never been able to do it, well now we can, you know? I feel like there's a lot of guns and a lot of perk ideas and power ideas just sitting on a shelf, cause it's like, yeah, you can't put that in the game, but with Sunsetting they're gonna be like, no, yeah, go ahead, slap that baby in there, you know? We're gonna to transition to the call-in session right now. So if you if you can hear my voice and you want to take part and call in, uh, get ready. Let me know in chat as well by putting a one. If you if you've got something you want to call in with, whether it's an elaborated question, a new question, something we didn't cover, or uh, maybe just a point that you want to debate, uh, put that in chat. Uh, If we don't have enough VIPs, we can open it up to Patreon level ones that are around as well. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always uh, support this uh, content by going to sntrpresents.com sntrpresents.com will bring you into the Discord, allow you to take part in these if you're a VIP, uh, as well as level one, you can always take part in the question and answer, or join in as a call-in. So... And then it looks like you elaborate on the question. It looks like we have an elaborated question that I missed. Um, This is a slight repeat of the above. I'm not going to do that right now because I just kind of did the outro anyway. So if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, again, check out SNTRPresents.com. Get in here, join the conversation, and as always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR presents. This is going to be another viewer call in session that we do after Q and let patrons uh, VIPs and other levels of the Patreon call in and either ask questions, debate or add things to the discussion. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google play Spotify, or watching on YouTube and you want to join in like this, go to SNTRpresents.com. That will take you to the Patreon. You can choose any of the tiers there. this will probably eventually be a VIP only thing as it continues to grow and more people want to do it, but for now we are leaving it open to everybody for the time being. So these questions and ideas and things don't have to be rigidly about armor mods needing an update. It could be something more broad and more generic and that's totally fine. Uh, Be sure to let us know in the comments what you think of this type of content. Uh, We've been enjoying it and this is the second time we've done it. Gonna go to Big Tibbs for the first call in. You are on the air Tibbs, what do you got? Hello, Lona. Uh, so today I was wondering uh, what you thought about in the moments of Triumph Seal, it requires you to get seven wins in Trials. And I was wondering what you thought about that because of what the state of Trials was, especially on PC. Mm. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people looked at it and immediately thought either, either along the lines of what you said, like, oh my gosh, like Trials and PC is just so bad right now. Or they were like, I don't really... I don't really play trials. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to do that. Um, and I think those are are legitimate. Th- those are legitimate concerns, especially for the PC users. Um, and then it got data mined that the um, that the what's next after Moments of Triumph? What's the next one? Uh, Solstice of Heroes. They're, they're going to require it again. <laughs> so that got mine. So some people are just waiting. They're like, well, I, if it's not retroactive during Solstice, I'm going to do the seven wins so I get, you know, two birds with one stone. Um, for moments of triumph and Solstice of Heroes, here's, here's, here's where I kind of land on this. It, it kind of has to include everything. That's sort of the theme and the point of these events. And with all of the raids included, I do feel like you kind of have to include Trials to some degree it and i don't think it, they should have not they should have made it set not seven wins but they should have said like um get any number of wins or they, they should have phrased it in a way so people don't think you have to go flawless i think a lot of people saw seven wins and immediately were like oh my gosh i have to go flawless <laughs> to get this and it's like no no, no it's just it's just seven wins so i do think some flavor text or something to indicate that they don't have to be done in order would have helped um but I do think it's okay for them to put stuff like this in here like you only have to do one raid you only have to get seven wins uh, and I think the concern with the seven wins though isn't just the cheating on PC it's you know the player base is dropping so it's getting harder it's you know it's it's getting more, uh, more difficult just to jump in and kind of play at a casual level uh, but I don't think that's a good enough reason to exclude it. They maybe just could have lowered the number of wins and also made it clear that you don't have to get them in order. So um, I don't know if you have any follow-up to that. Nope, that pretty much covers it. Thank you, Lono. Okay. We're going to go down now to... Who do I got next? Darksider, you are on the air. What do you got?
1: Hello, Lono. My question is regarding... With- armor mods we have talked a lot of a lot about stats but we never talked about the major resist concussion dampener that really helps surviving especially in the dungeon what are your thoughts on people focusing so much on stats and not on other aspects of armor as well
0: yeah I that's I think this is a good question because I do think some of this is an import from Destiny 1 I think in Destiny 1 we were very very much focused on stats and when Armor 2.0 was announced that was a big thing that they announced was you're gonna have the return of intellect discipline and strength because up to now those those were not there that was something uh, from D1 and then they made all that standard and so, I think because it was one of the value points of Armor 2.0, and it was something that it felt like left the game, right? Um, people are much louder than me. Okay, I'll, I'll lower Discord a little bit. Thank you. Um, it looked to me like these guys were landing at good volume, but I'll, I'll turn it down just a touch. For, yeah, so for me, I would I would think that's why it's kind of a twofold thing. People felt like stats left, and it was a return from D one. I was like, yes, this is something that I remember trying to do, and I also think, I also think that the way that they announced it if you go back and you even see when luke smith talked about this like wanting it to to invest more in the mmorpg feel he said giving you more stats giving you the ability to you know have more control over your stats and you know as you're saying you know concussive dampener reduces incoming area of effect damage from combatants when you're saying this really really helps does this help with like the fire on the ground is that why it's so helpful in the dungeon
1: yeah, especially ma- uh, Major Resist and Conquest Dampener made it so that I, when I was 30 light level under the night at the final mm-hmm. boss, I wasn't getting one shot. I could withstand two, three, even four hits sometimes.
0: Oh. See, and that is... That's, I wonder if that's just something that's literally not on the player's radar because I didn't even think about that. I wasn't even considering that when I was going in there. And I remember the fire being... I think probably I got killed by the fire more than anything because it would literally hit the ground and you couldn't get away from it. We don't have enough agility or lateral movement to get away from damage once it's on the way or once it hits us. So this, I think what you're highlighting would probably go well and, and go hand in hand with me saying, you know, recovery and discipline and all these mods should cost nothing and just be... You can just pick it, and then it slots it. And then maybe that would then mean you would remove um, Solar Resistance, all the Resists, and Concussive Dampener, and you'd move them to the next slot over. So then it would be more about every piece of armor you get to pick that stat buff. You know, you get to pick, like, do you want 10 of, of Recovery or 10 of Resilience or whatever? And when you do that, you're now freeing people up after that to just think of, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go for a concussive dampening build, or I'm gonna go for a build that gives me these other perks and mods. That to me just feels like we're building at that point. And when I'm having to constantly consider my stats, I really feel like that's a threat to me. Really wanting to get deep into the throes of building. And if I add this, I take this away. If I add that, I take this other one away. Um, I don't know. I, I think you're, I think you're good to highlight that.
1: I have another question regarding that. That Do you think Bungie is explaining the mods properly? Because it just says reduce damage taken. doesn't say by how much or how does it stack. or doesn't explain anything to play. So I think a lot of comes also from that. We don't know about it because nobody tells us about it.
0: Yeah, they, they, I think they've always struggled with this. They'll, they use generic flavor text. And you're like, okay, so it increases but how much, or it decreases by, as you said, by how much, like we don't even understand really, you know, what, what it's going to do. And I think sometimes Bungie's like, oh, well that makes you go and experiment. What do you mean go and experiment? So I got to go get shot by somebody to, you know, to see if this is actually doing anything for me. I got to go into content and, and basically let the enemy light me on fire to see if it's worthwhile. I do think they could probably afford to consider This happened with Warmind Cells. Nobody even knew that Warmind Cell mods existed. Everybody was, like, angry about the Seraph weapons, and then I went into the menu and was poking around, and I was like, wait a minute. This is something that you can only do with the Seraph weapons. Now, I kind of overstated my case. I defended the Seraph weapons a little too strongly by saying, these are weapons that can do something nothing else in the game can do. They really weren't worth using because of Tyrant Surge. Tyrant Surge was more effective, but they didn't really educate anybody on the Warmind Cell mods, what they did, why you'd want to try them out, why you'd want to use them. And I think sometimes Bungie says, well, that's up to player discovery. You get to learn about an experiment. I don't know if I like that answer. I, I-, I tend to agree with you that they could do a better job in the flavor text explaining what it does, as well as putting us into a position where we can learn about it and try it out. So... I, I think i think more could be done be done there and because the generic flavor text i think is one of the reasons people tend to not experiment or even look at any of it so do you have any follow-up to that
1: uh, this is all from from me thank you
0: okay thank you and we got doge next coming in with a question or a comment what do you got doge
2: so for the masterwork, I kind of disagree that like the like it takes like too much effort like to get it up since uh like uh so like it's it's very cheap to get like get up to like level nine which is only mm-hmm. like prism and and for like level ten you don't really need it unless you really need like the stat bump and it's only like one more energy than lo- level nine.
0: Okay. Yeah, during the Q&A, for those that maybe missed it, Doge was disagreeing with me in chat and saying, it's not that expensive, you know, it's it's a pretty easy grind. And I think my pushback is that there's two levels where I feel like this breaks down, and number one is experimentation. If I really want to take experimentation to its fullest potential and really build out a, a build to try it out... A lot of the times I felt like I need to masterwork this all the way up to 10. Even if I'm only going to 9, it still feels like a pretty big uh, currency sink. And my only benefit is experimentation. So I'm in the experimentation phase right now. I'm not even actually knowing whether or not I like the build. And the example I gave in Q&A was the rocket launcher build we tried in the dungeon. It turned out to be a joke. It was awful. And I kind of was like, Ah, man, I spent all that currency. And th- and that's a hardcore player with lots of currency experimenting. My other concern would then be, as I said, that the casuals and mid-lane players are like, I can't even try any of this stuff out. It just feels like, um, it's like when you end a video game and you never use any of your consumables. You just keep saving them. You're like, well, I'll need them eventually. I'll need them eventually. And you, you end the game with, with 85 potions just sitting there because you feel like you have to save them or people do this with their super they're like well I never want to use my super you know you're in a strike you can use your super whenever you want for the most part and so I would worry that at every at every layer of the game whether it's casual mid lane or a hardcore the currency doesn't necessarily need to be maybe lowered um but maybe more readily available. Look at how disjointed the currency is for a hardcore player. You know, I have 9,000 legendary shards, more glimmer than I'll ever need because I can always go buy more. I've got plenty of planetary materials, but then when it comes to like enhancement prisms and and ascendant shards, I was grinding nightfalls pretty heavily and they're already starting to dwindle and they dwindle even more if I was actually experimenting. So I don't want to overstate this, and completely decimate the material grind or completely invalidate any need to do a material grind, I do think it would be okay to have some sort of a material sink here. Maybe just make it a little bit more readily available so that if you're if you're attempting to do the the experimentation, whether you're casual mid lane or hardcore, it doesn't feel like this disproportionate pain point where, well, I gotta go grind Nightfalls so I can mess around with some of these new builds. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't know if you have any comeback to that. Uh,
2: well, uh, yeah, uh, and, and one thing I do think, like, it should be, like, in, I do think Bungie should add in, like, raids, uh, like, stuff in, like, raids, uh, and, and I might have a touch
0: I think i understand what you're saying like it, it make it drop in more places than just nightfalls but you would you sound like you would still want to reserve it for the end game you don't want this currency dropping in like public events and strikes but if you're grinding raids or dungeon it should also be dropping there is that what you're saying
2: because nightfall at least have like uh you can drain for exotic so even if it lose like the Ascent shot like it loses like the monopoly to ascent shot you can still grind it for exotic uh, you and you can just put like any anywhere in the end game like that's in shot.
0: No, yeah, I, I, I think that's good too. I think that you're you're pinpointing something I've talked about before called a layered grind. So when I was trying to get the Eikalos shotgun from the dungeon, I was also getting a bunch of good stat rolled armor, and so I was getting you know layered benefits to grinding the content, and so. You could do something similar with raids. You could say, well, you know, you're grinding raids for raid guns, raid weapons, and raid armor, but you're also periodically getting some some prisms uh, and some and some shards. And I, I think they're considering doing that with trials. So when I when I was you know talking through the Q and was like, or even my video, they I think they might just want to look at this because empowering players to experiment, I think, is okay, but you don't want to invalidate investment and grind in some of the other lanes of the game. it's If it becomes too easy, it's not meaningful. I do think there's a happy medium here where it does feel like I've really got to invest and play a little bit if I do want to experiment, but it doesn't need to feel like, well, the only way I'm going to be able to experiment is if I live in Nightfalls for a week and then I have enough currency to really mess around. And then the really, really hard part is... If you do mess around and hate a build, it's you can't really get any of the currency back. You start to feel like it was, uh, you know. Imagine being a more mid lane casual player hearing that they buffed rocket launchers and being like, and doing what I did and coming up with a rocket launcher build and buffing all the you know master working all this armor up, and then you're being like, oh, I don't really like this build. That's a ton of a time sink just to fool around with a new mod build or a new thing that you heard about or if they come up with new seasonal stuff that you want to try out that seems like an awful lot to ask of a player just to just to experiment i I feel like experimentation is in like another category and i and i know that experimentation leads to min maxing but fundamentally once you get the armor up to you know eight nine or ten and you're swapping the mods around that's when the true experimentation begins I just don't want the road to get there to be too painful because right now I feel like so many people just don't mess with half of the game there's this whole side of the game with mods and experimentation that so many people basically just ignore So, alright I'm going to go on to the next question that was a good one Doge, thank you and the next person is Infinite Rest, I'm coming to you Infinite what do you got for me? infinite rest are you there there you are yep
3: there we go hey how's it going good um so i just kind of wanted to get your take on um uh, something i don't feel like people have been talking about in terms of engagement and excitement for uh, loot and drops a lot of people like to focus on it's not uh actually desirable um in a lot of encounters but i feel like a big part of uh, engagement is how it is presented in the game Mm -hmm. and if you take a look at like uh umbral right now when they drop and they drop a lot more frequently in the wild from defeating enemies as opposed from like chests uh they also have a uh an effect on them Mm -hmm. that kind of like captures your eye it makes it into kind of a like a celebration almost um do you think it's time for bungie to kind of take a look at how loot is presented in the game where it comes from if it's like actually dropping in the world or if it's just coming from chests um because it's kind of been the same thing since uh, the start of Destiny 1.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think you've pinpointed something. I touched on this, the I think in the Umbral discussion at some point, that the Umbrals look so cool when they're on the ground, and so do Primes and so do Exotics. I think there is something to be said about that. And that was one of the reasons I said they should reverse engineer the Umbral focusing. I should go and spend my currency and be like, I would like to get you know my next 4 ingrams to be the the weapon focus i either want the you know the pulse rifle or the or the the, the guillotine okay and then i would just go and run content and then every time one of those umbrals is on the ground it's exciting it's like oh my gosh there's one and it's glowing and smoking and i i run and pick it up and then i check the stats i check what i got right you know right now umbrals drop on the ground it's like ooh that's such a they look so dope but then I'm in the tower when I get my loot. I feel like we're, we're disconnecting the reward from the experience. It's, it's almost mechanical. It's like, well, here's all your umbrals. Now go to the tower and get stuff. It's, it's It's almost like getting tokens, right? It's like, well, here's a bunch of tokens. Now go to the tower and get your loot. And I would just reverse it so that you spend your currency in the tower and then the umbrals drop. And I even, we, I think we touched on this yesterday, maybe in the call-in session about raids where we said we really need to bring back the idea of the boss dies and stuff pops out of the boss and lands on the ground. The the loot pinata in Borderlands, the the ding in Diablo when something hits the ground. Right now when an exotic drops, it's probably the most exciting because you hear it sometimes before you see it. And so, I, I I think you you've highlighted something that they've that I think they've already made good strides for because I, 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 when I see umbrals on the ground, I do think it's pretty awesome, and I think that if they could combine that with the idea of I'm grinding a strike or a nightfall dungeon or a raid or even endgame rewards in in crucible, you can't really put them on the ground. But you know how that was when you play Iron Banner and you'd see people getting uh, you know clever dragons. It was always exciting because you're like, oh, they're they're dropping in the world, and I, killing a strike boss or a raid boss and seeing stuff land on the ground in an exciting way. We even said yesterday that when you beat a raid boss and the chest opens or the or the stuff pops out from the uh, the the raid, uh, the, I'm sorry, if it pops out from the boss or the chest, just put more stuff on the ground in general. You know, maybe there's a currency in the raid, and you see all these little triangles hitting the ground, and you know that you can use that currency to do certain things. Maybe with a raid NPC or something. Maybe that is how you buy the weapon boons or something, so you can come back in and grind for more weapons and having more ingrams popping out. Having raid ingrams look a certain way. Um, we talked about how if umbral ingrams drop from a raid, grandmaster nightfall, or a dungeon, they would be called darkened ingrams. Um, umbral ingrams, you know, darkened umbral ingrams. So you take them, and now they can do more. Maybe they get better stats, maybe they get higher stats, you know, and that would create that sense of, we're, we're in the endgame. You feel that, very briefly, in Destiny, but you feel that in games like The Division, uh, you felt it in Anthem a little bit, you felt it in Borderlands, as you level up, suddenly you start seeing less greens and more blues, and then less blues and more purples, and that's just so exciting, you're like, oh, I saw my first orange today, I saw my first, you know, fill in the blanks today, it was so awesome. And then all of a sudden, you lose that. We're no longer getting, oh, look, It's a, everything is the same color. And when that happens, it's all about the stats. It's all about the flavor text. And so, we're removing some of that excitement and some of that, some of that dopamine hit, and everything is very mechanical. We're in the tower. We're checking the stats. We're checking the roll. And I think checking the stats and the roll is fine, but if it was tied more to the excitement of the drop i think that would be a better system so yeah
1: yeah i definitely definitely agree i mean if everything's legendary nothing really feels legendary
0: (laughs) right right everything's everything's purple you know so it it but i i do i like the the, that you pinpointed the idea of when something dropping on the ground and having that air that effect on it it does something to your brain it it's it's all it's yeah, it's, it's dopamine <laughs> yeah it's dopamine is what it is like if you want to get psychological about it I mean it is it's like oh but look at the pretty lights ooh a piece of candy yep. right like that is th- that we need to recapture that I think in Destiny I think they've got the right spirit and essence of loot pursuit that you can target farm something and just chase it to the end of time the spirit of that is great now let's talk about the experience of what that feels like and get it out of the tower and into the game world yeah so making
3: it a, like an event
0: yes yeah, it's more memorable. I I remember when certain items dropped in the game. I remember when I got an exotic in Blind Well, and it was Shards of Galanor. And I remember being so excited about that. I, I can't tell you when I got my God Roll, you know, Blast Furnace or my God Roll Kindled or my God Roll anything because those were all just bounty exchanges or dumping Fractaline in the tower. You know what I'm saying? Like... Th- I don't. That's not memorable. I'm standing in the tower, just dumping tokens into a machine, and so I think it'd be more memorable, as you're saying, it would be like an event, and you would look back and be like, I remember when this dropped from such and such raid boss. It was dope. It was awesome. It's it's a it's more of a memory. I remember when I got my Amago Loop. You know, it it took it took a long time, but I remember that. So any follow up?
1: No, that's it.
0: All right. Thank you so much. Matt, am I coming to you or not? I'll skip you for now. You said somebody already asked your question. So I'm going to skip past Matt and go down to Rain. If you got another one, Matt, let me know in chat and I'll uh, I'll unmute you. Rain, I'm jumping to you. If you're ready, go ahead.
3: Hey, my man. How's it going? Who's um, going. So so what I'm what I'm curious of is because you know how Scout rifles in Destiny uh 2 right now are not that strong. What what could Bungie do to you know make scout rifles feel more impactful again? Because in Destiny One, I don't know if you uh, used it. Perks aside, we can dictate that later. But guns like Vision of Confluence, you had the Hung Jury, the Duma Chelchis, and my personal favorite being the Burning Eye from the Rise of Iron Trials of Osiris. Um, there was something about Scout Rifles in V1 that had a lot more versatility compared to V2. They had more damage, they felt more impactful, they just were more reliable, and perks notwithstanding, they just they felt good to use. What can Bungie do to kind of bring that feeling of allowing Scout Rifles to be, not obviously the end-all be-all, like they were kind of in D1, but allowing them to at least have that level of strength and versatility in content like Prophecy, like garden. Because I remember running as a, because I'm a titan name, you know, Bubble Gang Rise Up. Um, I would pop my Well, uh, not my Well, my my Bubble. I'd pull out my Burning Eye. I'd kill all the Shanks in in, um, the final part of Wrath. And then I'd pull out Dark Drinker and do DPS that way. But it was good having a scout to have that range and to have that uh, reliability, I guess. So what can Bungie do to, to bring that back, I guess?
0: Yeah, this there's there are so many pieces to this question because it, I I'm going to start with primary damage. I do think primaries, especially in challenging content, primaries feel kind of weak right now. That's something that uh, Lightleap's been highlighting whenever he's been in in chat is that, you know, primaries just don't feel very strong. So I do think when they don't feel very strong, scouts are going to suffer because they're not just in the same sort of oh, this is hard content, and they're weak. They lack the agility of a hand cannon or a bow or a pulse. Like if you're wanting to use a precision weapon, scouts are the least agile. It kind of feels like a scout rifle. If they feel like weak scout rifles, like they're they're not super agile. They don't have that agility, and that's related to uh, the combat. So, Destiny 2's combat and the the strikes and the I would even say some of the the aggro patterns of the enemies are very different than they were in D1, and I think some of that was built around double primary. So if you go into strikes or vanilla, go into anything that's vanilla, the, the strikes, the raids, the ray layers, they were anticipating you running double primary, so a scout would have benefited you, and I'll give an example with the callus fight, okay? When you're in the room, you're going to want something maybe a little bit more agile, more punchy, auto rifle, hand cannon, maybe a pulse, but when you got into the wind tunnel room, scouts were really helpful. I ran a call to serve in the tunnel all the time, but so what you did was you created two styles of engagement that two primaries could land on when you take double primary out of the game and i can only run one it's really hard for me to choose a scout because most of the engagement distances everything is super close to you so in destiny one king's fall everything is down some long shoot tunnel everything is far away from you war priest Golgoroth, sisters oryx nothing is up in your face so scouts are a great choice so are hand cans you pop 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 from really far away i feel like primaries felt stronger back then too maybe it's my imagination but the game wasn't built around double primary so with double primary involved i think bungie thought we need ankle biters we need we need people that are going to shove right up your nose and then we can have people off in the distance if you look at reckoning reckoning is a perfect example of another environment that feels built for double primary everything's up in your gut everything's up your nose and then you have these annoying pesky snipers out on the edges well if i was running a scout and and an auto rifle or a scout and an SMG, I'd oh, be great. I could, you know take those snipers out, no problem. You know pop their heads, and then you know you could you could be you know able to engage with the two things. But what do we do now? Well, we just well of radiance and and let the snipers shoot us. It just isn't worth it. It's, like, ah, it's not worth it. And a handful of the strikes are built that way. You got snipers up on ledges and stuff. And they're far away and they're more pesky than anything. So that all leads to the to the ultimate question is how do you make scouts worth it in all those environments and the only thing i've ever been able to come up with is variable like variable scouts scouts should be able to hip fire and feel maybe more like an auto rifle or an smg and then when you aim down sight they are um they are uh they're they're like they're able to be like a like a more a more um long-distance weapon now a lot of people have said uh, if if we do that sorry guys I muted him I couldn't hear him I had him muted for me so I, I just server muted Matt. I don't know what happened yeah um, a lot of people have pushed back on this idea and they're like well that's a one-size-fits-all weapon everybody's gonna use that everywhere I don't know if I agree with that necessarily because I still feel like hand cannons would be king and pulse's bows and auto rifles would have their day some of this would require auto rifles to be given more love smgs i think are in a good spot um but i think people would worry wouldn't that invalidate all auto rifles and smgs because you'd be able to use like an auto rifle and an smg and then aim long distance okay well i would say not necessarily because if i have to hip fire it Right now, go through content with the best auto-rifle or SMG you can find. Run around with the Recluse and hip-fire the Recluse. It's not going to feel that great. You're going to feel like, well, I, I don't know, I, I want to aim down sight. So a scout being able to hip-fire and be like an SMG or an auto-rifle would at least give you the option to deal with the gut-busters and the, and the ankle-biters that push up on you. You know, Thrall and all these other things that ju- just get really close to you. You would at least have an option. And I don't think it would feel like a one-size-fits-all weapon. I feel like it would be, I can actually use, you know, I can actually use the scout rifles in the content, and if they did this, I do do think Bungie would have to just be cognizant of the fact that, like, you don't want to invalidate the other spray close-quarters weapons, and requiring you to hip-fire, I think, would be a good protection against that. So, if you have any, do you have any follow up to that one, Rain? I doesn't. I, I he, you're, you're, uh, you're muted, Rain. I didn't mute you. Oh, here, I'll unmute you. Sorry.
3: Sorry, I had to leave. and uh, Join back. I think Matt's um, mic was still going on, so unfortunately i wasn't able to hear you i heard a good chunk of it but i remember back in d1 with scout rifles that they actually nerfed the hip fire accuracy i don't know if you remember that before Taken king mm-hmm. they actually had to nerf the hip fire accuracy on scout rifles because scout rifles were just really good close range like when i would run vision of confluence back in uh house of wolves because um, you know on some days it would change the burn uh you know i'd either be running page bringer or i would just my vision that was my baby back then so I, I I just I just think it's weird to change the like scout rifles for for versatility. The only thing I guess I could think of is maybe buffing the the hipfire accuracy. But I can see why you say that, and you know, making all the weapons kind of like it's not as agile. It's not as it's not as flexible as an auto rifle, as a uh, as a hand cannon, as a um as a uh with uh, even a trace rifle on some occasions i remember with callus i would run nameless midnight and then i would run um cold heart everybody ran cold heart back then um and 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 you know me from from in chat from before you know twitch you know went to accessible i was very i'm very much an advocate of of going back to the d1 weapon system of going back to primary secondary heavy the true you know weapon system i'm sick to this weapon system we have now i want to go back to what we had in, the, in d1 so you you know that you've seen me and i've engaged with you on that yeah so i think going forward you know like you you go into those encounters and you definitely feel the pain of yeah this was designed with with double primary which it just, it breaks my soul knowing that double primary was a thing, you know. But yeah. I'm hoping going forward, maybe they can not only maybe adjust the damage value across all primary weapons, but making encounters more flexible.
0: Um. I feel like they've done a good job with some of the encounters recently. I know Scourge of the Past, the, at least the final encounter, created space and it was open. But then you also needed to do if you were on the Berserker crew, you had to have stuff for close quarters. So I, I feel like they've they've done some of that. But I just, in general, you're always going to be faced with the problem of Bungie doesn't really create any content in D two where stuff doesn't get really close to you. In a Garden of Salvation. It's just everything's on top of you almost the entire time.
3: Uh, oh, yeah. It's and, such a vertical raid, yeah.
0: Right, and I don't know if I have a problem of everything being really, really close, close to me. You know, maybe scout rifles need to be retired and then they could make other weapons and they could make more auto rifles and more pulses. And, you know, scout rifles may be just not able to land in the game anymore. Maybe they just need to be retired. The game doesn't seem to have a space for them. Uh, PVP doesn't seem to have a space for them either because of, you know, pulse rifles and aim assist and and, and bullet magnetism. It's really, really hard, I think. I know Randy's, you know, can get some traction, but if, if, if you have to make a scout pinnacle to even make it worth using, then I think the archetype in general may need to be just jettisoned from the game. That might seem extreme, but this might be it might take too much work and effort to get them worth using. It might just be easier to say, yeah, it'll be easy. Just get these out of the game. They, we, they, nobody uses them. Like, I would love to see sidearms go away. I think sidearms are just a waste in the in in, the, in the database. Would you
3: it, you have to get like insane
0: rolls and around. insane versions to even make them worth using.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep, I remember that. Remember when they weren't hit scan either? Remember that? Remember um, the first sidearm you got, it wasn't hit scan. It was, um, it was projectile based, uh what was it called you get it in forsaken too. they brought for- it back uh, i can't even think of the name again. i forget i didn't realize I mean, the that was even a, a thing talk about, right? the queen sidearm right like that and dreg's promise when that was around those were both uh travel time they were not hit hitscan uh, oh
0: yeah the vestian uh, dynasty somebody in chat got it yeah that's
3: what it is vestian dynasty yes 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 that's right
0: I know people that play PVP love sidearms. They just they feel so weird in Destiny. It's just like we're going in to kill gods and launch rockets and throw nova bombs and you're going to pull out this like staple gun. It just doesn't I've never I've never understood why they added them. There wasn't a need. I understood adding SMGs, but I will never understand what impetus they felt that there was to add sidearms. It just I don't know. It felt like a it felt like a gimmick in D1 and now i feel like we're just stuck with them like well, we have to make them like if you look at the if you look at the weapon pool in general imagine all the scouts suddenly becoming a bunch of different weapons. Suddenly, there are auto rifles and pulse rifles and machine guns and, and and all this. And then, same thing with sidearms. If suddenly, those spaces could be allotted for other weapons, we could have way more weapon diversity and so many more. This is where less is more. It's it, it would be weird, but it'd be like, no, less is more. Like, we don't need... Quit making scouts and sidearms. Make a bunch of the other weapon types and more heavy weapons, more secondary weapons. Give us legendary trace rifles. Like, that, I think, is where I would like to see the weapon system go and i and as you said you know you want to go back to the weapon system from d1 that's just to me is more simplistic everybody always fights me on this but primary secondary and heavy just makes more sense it's more it's just it's it's perfectly logical it lines up with the hierarchy of the enemies there's 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 majors there's minors there's bosses that lines up with primary secondary and heavy i you know and i i don't want to ruin people's fun because some people still like to run double primary some very unique builds but it's just like. Going back to that and true elemental primaries would leave so much room. I think for for better uh, better stuff, better weapons, better perks.
3: I absolutely agree, and it, it, I'm also thinking it's funny. I just thought of this: you remove scout rifles from the game, you know, pulse rifles can sort of take that place because pulse rifles have more agility than than scout rifles do. You can do way more with a pulse rifle in, in now than you you could, I think, in D1. So I mean, pulse rifles kind of have taken that that spot that scout rifles um used to have so now that like you bring that up i'm probably going to start advocating hey maybe you should remove scout rifles you know just a thought pulse rifles are just as good if not better so yeah
0: oh, and scouts and scouts like i think i think i'm sorry uh, and bows scouts get hit from both sides scouts get hit from both sides like it's you could either use a pulse oh, yeah. or a bow and scouts are just kind of like, well, I'm here too. And it's like, yeah, nobody cares. Like, we, yeah, i it just going to. Yeah. Yeah. Bows Bo, could, yeah. Way more, <laughs> you could come up with way more bows, way more perk mm-hmm. ideas and, and power for bows and, and pulses too, and then just leave scouts out of the game. I, you know, and.
3: I think you might have to have a talk about this. You might, you might get, you're probably going to make some people really upset, but I think this would be something that you could talk about too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to make a note. Yeah. Just <laughs> remove, remove scouts. <laughs> Remove scouts from the game. Just get them oh, out I of here. I can already
3: see the comments now. I can already see the comments now, Lona. <laughs> what are people
0: gonna get what are people gonna get mad about? What? What are they gonna get mad about? What they're Randy's? That's it. What else are you gonna defend? <laughs> you gonna defend Oh, oh your exotics? <laughs> I'm already mad. Someone in chat says, Yeah, of course, g- get mad. <laughs> I mean, I guess there could be room for some of the exotics. Now remember, I think one of the ways you fix exotic primaries is exotic primaries to get a damage buff in endgame content. Anytime you up go up in difficulty. I think exotic primaries should be getting a buff so that you might actually start to say, listen, dude, you know, listen, Steve, you are going to be on ad detail. Run the Huckleberry. Run the Suros. The thing is going to shred ads. We're going to run exotics for power or for something else. Because right now, exotic primaries get very little representation in PvE anyway. And if they were to do that, then something like the Mita might, you know, might get some traction. I don't even know... How many how many exotic um scouts are there? It's 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 like there's, three. The, there's, there's the like Mida, three. there's the Mida there's the
3: Mida Jade Polaris Lance and, and
0: I think yeah Mida Jade Polaris Lance and I think that's oh and then the is? Symmetry Symmetry
3: oh Symmetry yep
0: yeah the Symmetry oh and Skyburners
3: mm-hmm. yeah uh, well that's just basically a glorified grenade launcher that's even worse than Fighting Lion.
0: Yeah, I you could leave those in cuz those could get buffed and those could have some legs, you know, if they're if they're if they're getting the primary buff that I think they should get in end game content so that primary exotics actually have a purpose in the end game, then you know, the rest of the scouts in the game just feel completely pointless. I mean, if you if you as an experiment if you disagree with me on this, just go to your weapons, go to scout rifles and just look at the th- you know, not three pages, two pages of legendary scouts. With like, I know patron of lost causes people liked, and then the Manananan. Outside of that, I know people like the oxygen. I mean, I guess I forgot about the oxygen. The oxygen is just not terrible. Uh, it just—it's again, it's a scout. It just feels like it—it just doesn't have legs in most of the content. It feels like a waste. You know what? Listen, what are they just actually? Instead of saying let's get rid of scouts, why not turn all these scouts into something else? Like just go in here and say, all right, scout rifle. Oxygen is now a pulse rifle. And the patron of lost causes is now an auto rifle. And like, make, like, so they stay in the game, but they get retooled into something else. You know, I always thought the no feeling scout rifle from Wrath was just so, such a beautiful weapon and just such a shame that there's.
3: Uh, no feelings chaos dogma was wrath no feelings is from scourge
0: I said I said wrath I meant scourge yeah, <laughs> yeah but I, I loved it I thought this was such it was such a beautiful weapon and like it's uh, a
3: nice looking scout yeah no no it reason to use it to use. you can get box breathing on it
0: like, yeah know. well they yeah they murdered box breathing box breathing was gonna ruin crucible if they didn't but still so
3: it's true have chat for box breathing <laughs> But no, it's been it's been fun picking your brain. Unfortunately, I got to get scooting because, you know, I got to love got to love being uh, got to love work. You know? But it's been great talking to you. Lono. I hope you bounce back from this and, you know, it's going to it's going to be a road. But, you know, I'll be here for you, bro. I appreciate
0: I gotta, that, man. Take care. Yeah, you too, bro. Well, that's going to do it for today's call-in session, guys. Thank you so much for everybody joining in. If you're enjoying this content, let us know in the YouTube comments or join in yourself by going to sntrpresents.com to become a patron. Right now, we have it open to all levels of the patron, but eventually it's going to be VIP and above because the demand for it will probably continue to go up. So if you want to join in, sntrpresents.com, that supports me directly. Thank you so much for listening to watching all of my content. You can find it on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or YouTube. I'm sorry. I said YouTube twice, Uh, but you can find it on all the podcast platforms. And I appreciate so, so much all the support as always, please like share and subscribe.